Welcome to the Regular People Podcast. I'm Wade Allen, and today I'm joined by Aaron Ladane. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we're going to be talking about adoption and other things having to do with identity today, probably, and whatever else comes to mind. That sounds good. Yeah. So before we begin, <clears throat> one thing that I've been wanting to do every single time, or as much as possible, is get a rough background on who you are, just so the audience can know, so they can be familiar with you before and know what perspective you have about things. And sure. So you're Aaron. I am. <laughs> what should the audience know about you? Or what's your last five years looked like? Well, that would have been, what, 2017? I think we lived together. Yeah. Didn't we? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 2017. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so we just were in our apartment and stuff. I worked at Pick and Save, bakery stuff. Um, Pick and Save, bakery know. stuff. What kind of bakery stuff? Well, I was a bakery lead there, but it was awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like Pick and Save. <laughs> I think I've actually talked about it in one other episode, but for listeners unaware, Pick and Save is just a grocery store, basically. Mm-hmm. It's That's widespread true. throughout Wisconsin. Kroger is pretty. Yeah, now Kroger owns Pick and Save. Mm-hmm. So. That's pretty much it. Uh, just doing the same thing I'm doing right now. Playing a lot of video games, working, okay. yeah. <laughs> staying at home. Yeah. What video games are you playing? Right now I'm playing a lot of Smite. Smite. Um, yeah, you've talked yeah. about Smite. I haven't played Smite, but I've played Got games like it. a big boner for mythology, so oh, it's yeah. right up my alley. I love mythology too. Oh, just so many mythology podcasts that I've oh, been really? listening to. Oh, yeah. Like oh, which yeah. ones? Um, Spotify is like... Parcast, Parcast, I think, is their brand or whatever. Um, but they have just straight up mythology, which is just any kind. And then they have like serial killers. They have different like genres and stuff. I'm really trying to find like Norse mythology, oh, yeah. and that's really fucking hard to find. I'd... Oh, can I swear? Yeah, you can swear okay. all you like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah, Norse mythology is really cool. Neil Gaiman yeah. has a book that's kind of out of character for Neil, Neil Gaiman because usually he writes fiction and stuff. But it's, uh, I read it a few years ago, it's just Norse Mythology. That's the title. And nice. it's just him telling a bunch of Norse short stories that are all really interesting. Oh, that's cool. We have a book upstairs that I browse, but it's thick. Like, thick. it's kind of like, have you read any, like, Lovecraft or anything? Uh, yeah, a few short stories but from yeah. Lovecraft. So, like, for my brain, it's kind of hard to process because it was, like, written in... Yeah, like, he's got a weird team. writing style. Yeah, so it's kind of like that, but for Norse mythology. Oh, okay. okay. So it's still weird for my brain. (laughs) Yeah. So podcasts are a little bit easier because they kind of dumb it down for me, and I like that. Yeah, it's it's much easier to understand spoken language rather than writing. Because I I don't know, even if it's older, I still feel like it's easier to understand spoken language. Like if it's some sort of Shakespeare play, you got all that extra information with like an intonation and stuff where they're still they're still saying weird words mm-hmm. but you can get the emotion and the the meaning through their tone oh yeah and spotify kind of goes all out because they probably have the budget they have like soundtracks and stuff oh, it's so like, like, whole, like it's like a whole designed, shebang so yeah. i'm just at work listening about like murders and stuff while i'm decorating cakes and it's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> one of my co-workers <laughs> listens to a podcast i think it's just called uh serial killers Mm-hmm. And it might be the one you're talking about. I don't know, but oh yeah, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> it's like two episodes devoted to a, like a serial killer, like one for their backstory and one for their. Is mm-hmm. that the one? <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> kind of sounds sometimes like it. it has yeah. three parts. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's pretty interesting. It's, they're so dramatic. Oh, they're yeah. Like, little did he, he know. Yeah. John was already dead. <laughs> yeah. so they just have the music track ready. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. I don't know. It gets me because I'm just so bored at work. And yeah. I tried listening to music and I can only get so far with listening to the same stuff every day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have Spotify, but we use it at, at my work. And that's a good thing about it is even though Spotify, I feel like, has these artists that they're trying to force down your throat all the time for some reason, like every oh, single yeah. playlist that you choose, it's like this artist comes up again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my discover or like made for me is just basically the, all the songs in my playlist with a sprinkle of like some things maybe I've already listened to that I hate. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, generally I think like sometimes Spotify is good for discovering new music. You just click on random playlists and you'll hear some songs that you hear everywhere, but some new ones. Yeah. That's actually how I've discovered a lot of music in the past like year or two. So mm-hmm. just random Spotify playlists. I really enjoy your random texts of music because it just like gives yeah. me more things to listen to in the morning when I'm like getting my shit together. Yeah, Aaron and I sometimes send each other uh, <laughs> music. The last album you sent me um, oh, was really good. I was going to ask you if you could like tell me what any of the, what oh, they said. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't remember it now. Yeah. And I think when I was listening, I wasn't really trying to like sure. pick out the words but sure. if we listen to one i could probably tell you but because okay. i uh have been reaffirmed in my um, french speaking skills because i last semester in school i had like i could either take a french te- or a french test or take a french class um the test would allow me to not take that class and then get extra credits as if i took a different french class also so i was like wow. why just why not just save time so then i took the french test and i passed so I'm nice. like college French level, I guess. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. The album though, I don't know how you would, they would want you to say it. It's like polo and pan. That's yeah. how you would spell it. Watching the music videos, it's very sexual heavy. Oh, I didn't watch any of them. I just yeah, listened. Yeah. I'll have to send you some. <laughs> and what was the album name? I think it was. Just find it. Start with the C. Is it Canopy? Oh, th- but with like two E's. Was that it? I think so. That was just my favorite song, maybe. I think, yeah, that's a song. I think it was Caravelle. Um, mm, that's right. Yeah, look that up. Polo and Pan, Caravelle, Canopy. <laughs> Canopy's a good one. That was a good song. I don't remember the name of the song. I liked a lot. Because I just listened to the whole album, so I didn't oh, yeah, catch a lot of the song names. I used that to help me open, because like, I, I don't know French, so I can't really focus on the lyrics too much. It's just yeah. jamming. <laughs> yeah, it's good to just have the the sounds that you can't actually focus too hard on yeah i get distracted really easily yeah <laughs> so we send music to each other that's always fun and about the we're talking about the podcast and mythology and i think that's one of the benefits of um neil gaiman you know that author he wrote like Coraline. you've seen that movie uh, yes yeah i love the book and, and movie. he wrote um, american gods which is now like a tv show i think oh ian started that i yeah so I he's he's like big author nice yeah, he wrote the Norse mythology book. And that one, it's nice, too, because it's not, like, written in the 19th century or 18th yeah, century. or some, like, dense. super old-style <laughs> book about it. It's, like, written in, like, 2017 or something. Nice. So Let's check it out. Yeah, it's pretty digestible. Although probably not as enjoyable as listening to it with something that's all, like, sound designed <laughs> and got, like, you know. Yeah, you'll have to send me that. I want to know their budget because they have the same people doing, like, 10 different podcasts. And I'm like, where do they have the time? I mean, I guess they have the time, but. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to like um, Duolingo podcast, the French one, and that one's got a pretty nice quality to it too. They've got all these sound effects, 
and they've got like the narrator guy but then they interview actual french people because i think the narrator isn't actually french he just speaks french and they interview a different person every episode and they give you like atmospheric sounds to like go along with what they're talking about you're talking about swimming and you hear like the splashes of the water and stuff (laughs) so it's nice to listen to and yeah i wish i could do that (laughs) i don't think it would fit in this style of podcast but it's still cool so mythology Mm -hmm. norse mythology Mm -hmm. is that the one that you want to get into or is that your favorite one um that's or both uh, I have a boner for it right now because I love Vikings. I don't know yeah. if you watched that show. I, I've though. seen at least an episode, but not not mm. much of the show. Sad, but it's really good. Um, so that kind of like sparked my interest. But I've always been in like Greek and Roman. They kind of like oh, yeah. interlap anyway. But Greek mythology is awesome. Yeah, Zeus is a dick. Yeah, but I love I, that. Uh, I love how the Greek I do too. Gods like Odin's a dick flawed. too. Like yeah. all the top dogs are. But I guess that's the patriarchy. And it seems just more like more realistic. Like the people who were creating Greek mythology at the time weren't imagining their gods to be like perfect, which is refreshing compared to like Christian theology where they're like God is completely perfect in every way. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's nice to aspire to, but I think it's, it's, it's more telling about like psychology of humans at the time when they just basically give all of their gods human flaws. Oh yeah, absolutely. When I watch the cult one, they like have a preface in the beginning where they're just like, we're not talking about religious cults because we know that like regular old religions do fall in this category. We're talking yeah. about harmful. And I'm like, are you though? <laughs> like, aren't they kind of one of the same? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cults. Yeah. Cults, I guess, stop becoming cults when they get popular enough. Yeah. Now they're I just religion. Don't think that's <laughs> yeah. They should still just be called cults. Yeah. I don't know. My parents are like super Catholic. So when I went back there a couple of years ago after not being there for like five years, it's really uncomfortable. Just the up and down and just like everyone chanting together. And st- it was just really surreal because I was like, wow, I was just part of that fucking. Yeah. I don't know. But you you would went really back weird. to the Catholic like church, mm-hmm. like ceremonies. Yeah. yeah, I went like when I was 21 and I stopped going there when I was 18 because I didn't have to anymore. Yeah. And it was just really weird. I don't know. It was uncomfortable. Did you move out at 18? Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. My parents and I kind of had a rocky relationship, so yeah. I was kind of in and out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we should move on to that subject <laughs> of uh, your parents and adoption and your childhood. I guess all those things are connected. So you are adopted. I am from Paraguay. Paraguay. That's mm-hmm. cool. Have you been to Paraguay? Yes, I went there for two months and when I was in, like, second grade. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, so you were adopted from Paraguay. How Mm -hmm. old were you when you were adopted? Six months. Okay, so yeah, no memories of that. We, no idea. Yeah. Have you ever, like, come into contact at all with your birth parents? Um, she just kind of didn't want that. She didn't really leave any information or anything when she brought me wherever it was that she brought me, so... Yeah. I don't know anything. I just kind of know the general vicinity of where she came from and when we went to paraguay it was too dangerous to go down there so oh, okay yeah. do you do you like wish that you could like contact her do you do you like have a desire to talk to her because mm. I, I feel like that's a common thing that comes up in like tv shows or movies about somebody finds out they're adopted and they like have this need to go find their birth parents yeah and that was like a big thing because i had a lot of friends growing up that were adopted from china i think in different countries over there and 
they immediately could like get in contact with their parents if they wanted to but they just had like this longing and just didn't do anything about it and like i thought that was kind of weird because if i had the option to i would definitely like try but now that i don't know i'm older and it'd be really hard it'd be the language barrier i think would be scary to me and i don't know there might be answers that i don't want to hear because i don't know that's just kind of always the case with that kind of thing I think those, generally speaking, those types of answers are the ones that you need to hear, though. Think, things that you don't want to know are always things that you like probably should know. That's true. I'm curious about what my life would be like if I wasn't here. Yeah. What's Do you know the... I'm actually not very familiar with Paraguay at all. Is the primary language spoken there right now, is it like Portuguese or it's, it's, it's Spanish. Spanish? Okay. Yeah. And then um, there's like Guarani Indians, which I'm like partially... I don't know what percentage or anything, but they said that I was and... That's like Guarani they speak, but I don't oh, okay. know. That's like the uh, first people of Paraguay. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to, yeah, to I remember hear that language. I learned how to them. say hello, but I don't remember how to say it anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a lot. Like going somewhere to some country or region of the country, find the local language and learn how to speak it. But then, yeah, yeah. a couple of years later, you don't remember anymore. It was kind of overwhelming because when I was there, I was with my mom and this woman who met my parents when they were adopting me at the time and we went and she brought us back there but like they're two like older white women like they're in their 50s like white women then there's me who's like what was i seven or whatever so they're all just like looking at me talking to me and i'm like i don't know what the fuck you're saying (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i felt so bad because i was just looking at like my grandma i guess and she like knew fluent spanish and like spoke like 10 different languages so she was like just like, don't talk to her. She don't know. <laughs> yeah. So they took you to Paraguay. What was the Just for aim? a trip. I think they did want to show me, like, you know, where I came from and things like that. But it was, in my mind, it's kind of like when you go to Mexico and you go stay at, like, a resort and you yeah. don't really see anything. It's not actually Mexico. Yeah. Like, we had a driver and we, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. It's like the... It's like the tour of... Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. So I appreciate it because it was like something completely out of my element, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's still cool to travel to different countries if you're staying at a resort. It's still like an experience, but I don't know. I feel like it's always better to not do that and to stay at some guy's Airbnb in the middle of like downtown Guadalajara <laughs> or something. But And also cheaper. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I don't I guess even want to know how much that... I 50-year-old white ladies usually don't care about that No, so I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I don't get that. Like when I learn how much people spend on their vacations, it's like a week vacation and they spent like six months salary. Yeah, and we were there for two months. Like I spent my eighth birthday there. Like I was there for that long. Yeah, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd guess at least $20,000. Mm-hmm. What I would do. I'd get a new house. <laughs> for 20000 Is that a thing? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not in the house buying part of my life, so I don't know. I don't know. I only rent. So. Same. <laughs> Although my dad just told me that he like got a place like six months ago, an apartment, and now he's like, you can move in there. Like he's renting it out to other people. Oh, so I see. Maybe I could be less of a renter. Rents to my dad or out from my dad instead of some I suppose. Uh, apartment complex company that is really shitty. That's true. Maybe he won't add on those late fees. You know. Yeah. Or maybe he'll care when my uh, washing machine doesn't oh, work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, squirrels in the walls that are definitely, like, not squirrels. 
that we had people <laughs> come out like they're definitely oh it's just you can hear them fucking running laps and we had someone come out and they're like definitely squirrels and they put traps on the roof and uh still shit in the wall so what did you really accomplish <laughs> yeah squirrels <laughs> or ghosts mm. like in supernatural and stuff they're always asking if there's they hear like scratching in the walls that's true so could be haunted yeah, I'll, I'll accept that i'm not really afraid of ghosts yeah, maybe that's like the exterminator's response whenever they find ghosts. They're like, it's squirrels. <laughs> it's squirrels. Code for ghosts. Squirrels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were adopted mm-hmm. at six months old. What was it like uh, in your like earliest memories? I guess the earliest childhood you can think. Because I feel like there's always that. Well, not always, but lots of times people don't know that they're adopted. Were you like... Oh, it was known. Yeah. Yeah, my mom, like, was that person who got all those, like, books who oh, okay. I don't even, can't think of the titles anymore, but it was like, you know, you are a family even though you're not, like, right. you yeah. know, kind of storylines, which, like, he gave me the gist. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, other kids in school gave me the gist, too. <laughs> I always, I wonder if that's, like, psychologically worse for a person, either not knowing you're adopted and finding out abruptly and, like having your whole life fall apart because like my parents aren't my real parents or if you like always knowing is is... i feel like it'd be worse if you like like with my parents i don't know if you haven't seen my parents but they're like (laughs) 70 year old white people so like i would know but i feel like those people that do look close enough in resemblance i don't know like if your sister gives away her kid or something to you like they might look similar yeah so i don't know but i mean kids are also pretty fucking stupid so like if you're five and you're a completely true. different skin tone from your parents. I don't think you might realize that. That's true. It, that's not how. I don't know. think I'd be smart enough to really figure that out until like kids were like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not right. Some people would always say my mom and I had the same nose. I'm like, now nah, you're just reaching for something because no. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you think like storks bring children to you, then like you don't need any sort of genetic relation. Like the stor- you're just getting a random mm-hmm. looking baby from the sky. That's true. So. I never understood that story. I don't know. It's just like parents finding a feeble excuse not to talk about sex with their kids. Oh, that really just pisses me off. Yeah. The lack of sexual education oh, that we I have know. in this country. Oh. <laughs> did you have a quality sexual education, do you think? Absolutely not. Like my yeah. parents like and I did not talk about it at all. Like never. Yeah, yeah. same. Never. Until I got caught um Masturbating? with my oh. no, with my ex-boyfriend. The oh, police okay. caught us at a park and Christmas Eve and they had to come get me and I was literally two miles down the road on the way back to my house so that's how they found out that I uh, was, was having sex <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. great <laughs> yeah I feel like it's probably more common for guys like their parents are like forced into this awkward like we've been trying to not talk to you about sex for years now we kind of have to do something when their boy is like masturbating all over the place um and then yeah girls i guess that's you, true. you can i feel like girls are lucky in that way we can, yeah there's no they didn't know you don't leave a trail no well oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't eject nearly as many fluids out of your body well actually I well. Mean, you do blood and all that but well and okay <laughs> yeah well okay yeah well although even though i was masturbating all over the place as a kid my parents never (laughs) my parents never like 
well actually one time i can think of confronted me about it mm-hmm. there's this one time like in the in the early stages of um me exploring with the internet and figuring out how to find things online typed in like boobs.com <laughs> and oh, no. I, I was like a fourth grader so i was un- unaware of like you know clearing your search history mm, so then yes. my dad was like did you search boobs <laughs> and i was like no i, I swear would it was never me. and of course he didn't <laughs> yeah and then since then i don't know oh no there's one more time oh shit i was in high school and uh, i would write these stories that were loosely based off of harry potter but there's no magic but we were in english boarding school oh and i was in my head i was like i was always like these harry potter books are so great except for the fact that these kids would be fucking you know <laughs> like there would be so much like, oh absolutely because they're like what 18 by the time they leave there's yeah. no way it's like a bunch of like 12 year olds to 17 year olds like harry only kissed joe once no right well no he i mean he kissed mm-hmm. her more than once he, he was snogging her a lot they were dating for like a whole month that's true you're right in the book anyway not in the movie yeah well but uh yeah like and there's all these like secret rooms and like <laughs> there's you would walk into the room of requirement like the room of requirement it's like a couple is walking <laughs> past that hallway that's gonna turn into like a fuck pad like <laughs> immediately that's true they're both like, thinking it. It's yeah. just gonna like it's gonna there provide it, it to them. Like it yeah. Yeah. So you No, would, absolutely. And then there'd be all these spells and like you would go to Diagon Alley and like the or like Fred and um George's joke shop, like they would fill mm. that up with like sex toys. And, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh the, I don't think those would be fun sex toys though from Fred and George's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd give you like measles like, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was I was disappointed that Harry Potter was so lacking in sex. Yeah. And I get it because it's a kid's book. But at the same time, it was kind of growing up with the audience. So oh, I feel yeah. like by book four, there should have been sex. And it would have been okay because 14-year-olds yeah. were reading it. Oh, yeah. Because when I started reading it, I was... And then... When did the last one come out? 2007. Yeah. So I, I remember that because like it came out on 7 I was in seven, eighth seven. grade. I was like definitely ready for that. Yeah. yeah. Ready for the fuck. That's a good time to learn. Know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like in awe of the other eighth graders who told me that they had sex, you know. I don't know if there was a lie or not, but in my mind, I was like, good for you. I wish I was uh, doing that. Uh, anyway, I would write these stories. <laughs> I would write uh, this this book. I only ever got like four chapters in, but I had like the plot fleshed out in my mind. And there was this like Snape equivalent teacher who was like evil and like specifically fucking with the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking as in like messing with him, not like actually having sex with him. Um, wow. But there was these two girl characters and... Um, they're re- loosely based off of like my friends in real life mm-hmm. and one of them was like my girlfriend at the time and i wrote a scene well the, every chapter there was some sexual thing happening and it was like it was like progressing over the course of the book <laughs> so in the latest chapter that i wrote um it was called the halls of burton academy by the way that's that's what the name of the book was okay it was at burton academy like after timber i don't know why it's <laughs> called that but the main character was um like double team raped by the two girls that he was friends with um yeah (laughs) oh actually no i'm getting that i'm getting my own story wrong it wasn't double team raped it was raped by one crazy girl and it was him and his best friend who were both guys getting raped by a girl who is the crazy girl who's having sex with everybody in the school wow so it was one girl raping two guys is it sad (laughs) to say i'm impressed (laughs) yeah it's it's like a i don't know (laughs) fucked up like feminist like power power play i guess that's true but (sighs) So that that had just written that scene. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, it was like late at night I was writing it. And for some reason, I left the notebook just on the kitchen table. 
No. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so then my parents found it the next morning. And then I got a text and I was at school like, you need to talk about this when you get home. And then they sat me down for like multiple hours and had a really awkward conversation about like, how oh, this isn't okay. And like, mm. my sexual urges. and Yeah. Well, I mean, you were a growing boy. I mean. Yeah, what did I, they expect? I don't know. I was horny as fuck all the time. Like, I'm just lucky I didn't wasn't born a guy. Or else I just have a boner all the time. Yeah, Bad. that's that's another thing too. It's yeah. I was blessed. <laughs> like, if you're horny as a girl, it's not like physically noticeable. You can't be like trying to give a speech in your English class and everyone's laughing because you got a boner. Mm. Yeah, that would be bad. Random boners too. Ooh, yeah. No apparent reason. It's not like you're horny. They just happen. Luckily, those decrease with age. Can you pass out from having a boner too long? Because <laughs> like, I, think, I so. think that would be a frequent problem for me growing up. If I, that's uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, never happened to me. Uh, you'd have to have a gigantic dick to get all that blood flow. I don't think with these hands I would be blessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would require a lot of blood. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, aside from <laughs> sex and childhood, so. <laughs> You knew that you were adopted. Because what I was thinking with the, like, possible psychological harm is, like, knowing that you're adopted or, like, your parents, like, telling you, maybe, like, getting this feeling even subconsciously, like, hey, like, you're different from us. Like, you're not subconsciously as a child getting the messaging that your parents, like, don't love you as much as they might. Oh, I see. Um, is that any, something you've I ever experienced at all? I feel that way about my parents, but extended family definitely like my dad's family's from virginia so they're not super accepting like one of my cousins was always introduced the family as this is the family and this is aaron yeah so i was just there's i don't know i just always encountered people that there's just always a thing i don't know when i was little i think i just kind of like brushed it off because i didn't really understand what it meant but when i thought about it when i got older i'm like wow that was fucked yeah yeah i had uh, an adopted cousin but I guess I didn't realize, like, when I was a kid. So by the time I did realize, it was pretty normal. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, like, thinking of her as other. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of where they're from or anything, but they're kind of close-minded. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, like, southern hospitality and all that and, like, the good parts of being a southerner. But I feel like, they generally don't have speaking... any of that. Well, I feel like, generally <laughs> speaking, like, the people who with this great southern hospitality, it's, like, only if you're, you know, one of them. Also, yeah. If you're on the in crowd, then yeah. then it's great. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not, then uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah, to go back there like four years ago, and it was just really awkward, and I kind of just did my own thing and got high um, walking around and hung out with the horses because I didn't, I don't know, I didn't really mesh, and they just, uh, I don't know, we're talking about country things that like I didn't understand. Like, I don't like country music. I don't yeah. like rodeos. I don't like, I'm not a farmer or anything. Like, they all have horse ranches i don't know <laughs> yeah horses are cool but I th owning them is probably like a white person thing oh all. yeah i was looking on reddit uh like yesterday and i saw a list of top like 20 injuries or whatever that's when you go to the hospital and you fill out your information uh what percentage of people that had these injuries identified as white mm -hmm. and 100 percent of people who would go skeet shooting mm -hmm. and get injuries from that were white <laughs> And, like, hunting, they were, like, got in, like, hunting accidents or, like, um, from, like, tree stand uh, accidents. Mm -hmm. It was, like, 98% Jesus. were white. So, yeah, I guess uh, wow. only, only white hunting. people are are engaged <laughs> in that kind of, like, really stereotypical 
southern yeah. behavior. Have you ever been hunting? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> I I have never understood. Like, I don't think I'd ever have wanted to. No, me neither. I would feel so terrible. Yeah. I do remember when I was in middle school, uh, one of my friend's dads, who was a DNR agent, which mm-hmm. I thought was a cool job. He had interesting stories. But he, for like science class or something, we all went out in the parking lot and he had just shot a deer the day before or whatever. And he was showing us how to skin it and like Mm-mm. all that. So like, and I don't know, it was a learning experience because I never realized that it smells so horrible when you gut open an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was like me and a bunch of other, like 20 other, you know, eighth graders just watching this guy dissect a carcass i feel like that's too young but i feel like people who hunt with their parents probably go around that age yeah probably i don't know though like it seems too young on one hand on the other hand it's like should you really be sheltered from like death and oh yeah despair like for too long probably not oh yeah i guess that's the plus side of having older parents is that like i don't know no grandparents really yeah so plus i worked at a funeral home and that was dope (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> why was that dope because i didn't really have to talk to anyone right because uh my customers weren't really alive yeah. yeah and i didn't really like have to do well, with families because i wasn't like i didn't go to school and i wasn't legally obligated to do any of that stuff so i just kind of helped with funerals and yeah. picking up bodies and ashes and stuff okay so you didn't have to do with any of the customer service because no yeah there still is like living customers the family members yeah. Who have to show up to the place and say, hey, my uncle's dead. Yeah. And then I'm like, here's a funeral director. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought funerals, like, and the, in the entire, like, mm-hmm. funeral industry and culture is supremely fucked. It's for the living. It's no, it's not for the dead. That, so, and just, it's just like ripping people off. I feel like, how much, oh, how much really, do you really need to pay for a coffin? Oh, the prices are terrible. Like, so bad. And yeah, it's like $20,000 for a coffin. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever do that? I don't know. And, uh, just leave me in the woods. Just like going in the um, the showroom was just super uncomfortable because they just had, it was super showy of like different stones and different, I don't know. It's just like you're getting dressed up to just go in the ground. So yeah. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd rather just get cremated, honestly, and just spread me somewhere nice. Call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be better. Although cremation is weirdly expensive too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Wait, um, at your funeral home that you worked at, did you also do cremation? Um, I would have to, like, drive the body to Whitewater to, like, a sister funeral home or whatever. Oh, and then like they would do it. That did it. Yeah. Okay. And then I would have to come back later and they would come get them. Oh. And they were ready. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get being buried. It seems wasteful. And, and... Oh, absolutely. And eventually, like, there's going to be no room to put people. Right. And, like, I'm pretty sure there's some graves that are just going to be stacked. And yeah. it's, it's like a landfill, but for people. Yeah, it's just, if only, we, like, we would put plant, like, trees over every grave or something, then it could be, like, a forest, and that would be, like, a useful, like, space. Oh, sure. I know there are different, like, biodegradable things you can do with your body, but yeah. they're even more expensive than yeah. just getting, I don't know, a service done, which is, I, I know why it's a turnoff for people, but also, like you'll still be up in the environment in the long run. Yeah. So, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, they're corpse bags. Mm-hmm. I saw that. look really cool. They're like several different ones. There's ones like there are pods that hang from trees oh, or something. Oh, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> and, yeah. And then you deteriorate in that pod. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, although, I'm, I think I like the idea of just being left to decompose somewhere. 
fumes that like oh sure worms can eat me and stuff the only downfall is that toxic fumes and dead bodies can well one thing that i think is really cool that i might have talked about in a previous episode but it's fine is body farms i know there's at least a few of them universities have them and they're just like open areas that are restricted to like medical students only so they can observe natural decomposition and then people just donate their bodies there after they die and they have like 10 at a time or so and then they just leave them on the ground in this little fenced off area so that you can help uh, like medical students learn stuff and your body can just naturally wear away seems like a good deal yeah and then it's free too because you're donating it to science that's true I'd be down for that. I just don't know what they would want because my eyes, like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, donating it to science like like that way too would be good. Where like you're uh, going to become one of those little like, thin sliced up human books, you know? Oh, um, yeah. In that one like skin exhibit that travels around <gasps> in museums where you can like page through little tiny like one eighth of a millimeter slices of a human body. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a death obsession? Or, um, uh, not obsession. A, I just like I don't know. I I'm morbid. Yeah. I like I don't know. I'm just like not afraid of death. So it's just like I don't know. It's not yeah. funny to me. It's just like interesting. Why? More than, yeah. It's you. You don't like avert your eyes from that kind of thing. Like a lot of people no. do. Yeah. No. You're not a, afraid of thinking about it. No, I'm not easily grossed out either. So it's just yeah. It's interesting because it's just part of life. How often do you think you think about death? Ooh. <laughs> Uh, not, not specifically your own death, but just death. Every day. I don't. I probably don't think about that that often. But I don't think I try to avoid it in my mind either. I do. You try to avoid it in your mind. Sometimes, yeah. Well, just because like dark thoughts and things. Like you don't. Okay, you try not to dwell on it too much. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> wouldn't that indicate that you are afraid of death? I don't know. I guess I don't know. I think to some degree everybody's afraid of death, and I think people who claim that they aren't are bullshitting. I suppose. Like, like I, I'm not afraid of it because I know that it's gonna happen and like yeah. it's I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like to claim to have no fear of death, I think, requires some amount of delusion, or maybe not delusion. That's probably too harsh of a word, but no, that makes sense. I definitely like like to live in a la la land in my brain sometimes, and like I yeah. don't know, death is dark for a lot of people, and it's just normal for me. It's yeah. it's not. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna be real here. Yeah. Um, so a couple years ago, I like succeeded in a suicide, and for two minutes I was not here anymore. So death is just really weird for me now. So yeah. How did you succeed? Um, I took a lot of pills. Wouldn't that still be a failure though? Because I guess because I mean you're not dead now. I mean I'm not no. But well, presumably. That's true. But yeah. you, so you were, there's a moment, there's a period of time where you were dead, though. Yeah. Were you, like, brought back to life through, like, medical intervention? Yeah. yeah. My parents took me, well, they called, and I, I don't really know. I don't really know what happened. Well, yeah, I just, you were like, there. Yeah. So, I just woke up, and it was just, like, really weird, and I think about that a lot every day. Yeah. I Like, you think about that every day? Not Every day, but some days are worse than others. Yeah. What is it that you're thinking about? The mental state that you're in when you did that? Or that, no, you, that you... It's more so that I feel like on days where I don't feel like I've done enough for yeah. whatever. I feel like I'm... It's not worth, like... I don't know. I don't know. 
not worth sometimes living. yeah yeah or it wasn't worth bringing me back kind of thing oh okay yeah just kind of feels like a waste of space sorry no, no, it's, I, I, <laughs> uh, I don't i mean it's, didn't mean to get too dark on you no it's fine um <laughs> As cheesy it is to say, like I don't think you're a waste of space. I don't, I don't think anybody is a waste of space. I don't, like, I'm getting better at it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like maybe it requires too narrow of a de- definition of like what is worthwhile to call someone a waste of space. Like somebody who's I don't know successful, quote unquote, in their life or career, like owns a company or whatever it is. Like, there's no real. Uh, Thing that they're doing that i think makes them more worthwhile part of the universe than someone else oh yeah i think i just struggle finding my place which i guess everybody does yeah yeah a know. sense of belonging which is something that i would imagine i mean i don't know but i would imagine that adoption is a difficult factor in a sense of i don't know having your place oh yeah i never really felt like i had one i guess because like growing up um i've done a lot of like reflecting on my childhood and things lately because of therapy and all that which i don't know if you go but i would totally recommend everyone needs to go to therapy i, I would also recommend everyone goes to therapy although i don't uh because i it's okay health insurance and things like yeah, yeah i get it i definitely plan on going when i have a sort of health insurance plan that it wouldn't be super expensive oh yeah our health care it's ridiculous yeah, yeah yeah but just done a lot of like um thinking about you know just like trauma and just like there are things that you might be missing when you're growing up or just like attachment styles that you have with your parents or like other people around you and things that I didn't really know because it wasn't really a thing that was talked about in therapy when I was younger but now that it is a thing it's just like opened up a whole new door of like different mental illnesses and different cures and things like that and I think it's really interesting how far things have come since I started therapy in like eighth grade that's good. I uh, can only imagine how much most people, myself included, could uh, improve upon themselves and their lives if they went to therapy. Yeah, I only found out that I was bipolar like four, five years ago. I found out right now. Oh, that's true. So what, okay, is bipolar one of those? Because I know there's a, several of these that have like changed definition over the years. Like people used to think of like, schizophrenia is having split personalities but now there's actually a difference between split personality disorder and schizophrenia and i feel like bipolar disorder there's two types okay of there's bipolar one and bipolar two i have bipolar one which is just like more severe mood swings and things i think bipolar two is just less mania and just more severe depression stages right yeah that's that's the term I was thinking, like manic depressive. Is that the same thing as bipolar? Like manic depressive yeah. disorder? Kind of? Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. That's so pretty much their criteria. You have less severe depressive? No, I I have the first one. The first so I'm, I just kind of bounce all over the place. Got you. So I need meds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you take meds right now for that? No. <laughs> okay. So what's it like? Um, is there a, a tangible difference that you could put into words of... Mm your experience offer on meds for for bipolar one well when i'm on meds um so i have one that's just to, like stabilize my mood and then i also have add so i take adderall oh, okay. and that's more so to just like keep me focused and stuff so hopefully once the bipolar meds help me more i won't have to take that anymore because I, yeah. I don't really like having to do take that 
But um, when I'm off of it, I just kind of uh, kind of feel like, um, what is the word? Like a ticking time bomb where like something could be out of place and I'll like blow up or I'll cry or something. Yeah. Or like one day I'll just like want to buy everything and just like, I don't know, fuck everything. Like, I don't know. Like it just goes from like zero to a hundred real fast. And like, like I don't really realize I'm doing it until yeah. after I've calmed down. Right. Or whatever, so it's just kind of like I have this weird emotional blackout. A okay. lot. Is know. the is the mania? I mean, it would probably from the mental state that a person is probably in. But I don't know. Is is it enjoyable to be in that period of mania? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. It's kind of like I guess I, I've never done cocaine, but I feel like ready to go and just like yeah. shaky and just like I don't know. That's when I'm like ready to text everyone in my phone, make plans all week, and then by the time that week rolls around. The depressive state has kicked in, and yeah. I don't want to fucking see you. So it's just... <laughs> yeah, it's not a good combo. No. <laughs> Wait, when did you um, get diagnosed? Or... I was 21. 21, okay. Yeah. Okay, so back to your childhood, though. Mm-hmm. You mentioned trauma. Mm-hmm. Did you want to elaborate on that? You don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, So I went to, like, a Catholic grade school. Trauma happens at those all the time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was, like, the only brown person that I could see in that school that I noticed. Um, But in my class, um, I think, like, kindergarten, the only thing that I really remember is, like, when you play house. I don't know if you ever played house. Yeah, I played house. Yeah, so I was the dog. I never played house with a dog. Yeah, so I couldn't be anything but the dog. So, like, that was just kind of how it was and like the teachers didn't really do anything wait you were playing house at the school and the teachers were yeah there's like you know how there's like a playroom and like the teachers are literally right there oh it's kindergarten yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah it was fucked up it was really fucked up so i left and like my parents pulled me out the middle of first grade but like i i don't really remember too much of it they just told me that like i would come home crying but i don't remember any of it okay that sounds like I don't know, the little kids, like, the, the only basis for them doing doing that would probably be, like, the fact that you are don't look exactly the same as they do. It's, like, racism. Yeah. But then I look at the parents, because now that I'm older and I've seen them again. Like, I went on a mission trip with them when I was 17. And wait, 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 I, who? With all these girls. Like, all these. It was mostly the girls. The same people that you, went, you were in kindergarten with? Yep. I, like, stayed at that, like, we went to church there. So, like, I stayed... Oh, and okay. saw so those the, girls every weekend. Gotcha. It was the same was, like, group of 18. people you went to church with. Yeah. Yeah. So they went to school and church there. So yeah. I saw them like every week, even when I didn't go to school there. Wait, so your parents pulled you out of the school because you're getting treated terribly. But they didn't go to a different church? No. <laughs> that doesn't seem consistent. Yeah. No. It didn't check out to me. It didn't. Uh, yeah. Did you experience anything like that at church? Like, were you treated differently or worse? Or was there like not enough time for that at church? Like you were I don't too think busy there was singing, enough time with it. No, eating Jesus' flesh. <laughs> I think it was easier when my parents were around because oh, they right, couldn't right. really say anything to me. But you know, when I'm on my own and yeah. there's no one there to yeah, help me out, like when, yeah, there's yeah. adults around. So I think my parents helped me in that case. But the adults were usually nice. But then again, it could have just been to my face. You never yeah. know. So then you went to a new school. Did you still experience similar treatment? No. Really? No. It was um surprising, honestly. It was actually really good. I I I guess I shouldn't say all the time to be assholes. 
That's true. I uh, I guess I can't vouch for remembering because my memory is like really terrible. Okay. I have like memory blackouts all the time. Um, so my mom told me that I was like happy and I like made a friend on my first day. That's all I know. Oh, okay. So, but I stayed there. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to Pewaukee, but it's literally like a horseshoe. So I've been with the same people up till. It's not like walk show where you have different middle schools and then you go to high school. It's like you're always with them. It was the horseshoe. Like the shape of the yeah. school building? Yeah, like the schools all together. So like the grade oh, school. The L- the, oh, yeah, so yeah. like the grade school, the middle school, the... It's all in the same whatever. campus. Yeah. yeah, so you just like never not see those people. Yeah, that that's... If you have bad early experience, it's going to probably guarantee bad future. You can't move to a different... That's probably like one of the best parts of high school, even though most people hate high school, it seems like. But like the fact that now you get to be joined with a bunch of people that you haven't met before and you're not stuck with your same crowd from before you had a chance of oh yeah meeting new people so then when there was a new kid like starting that year they were immediately just hopped on <laughs> yeah that was treatment from like peers did you have any like what was your relationship with your parents like so i'll be honest my memory is like so bad that like i have it's really spotty like before high school and it just kind of like follows me it's kind of hard to explain I oh no i felt that too we're like, there's this memory bubble that I'm living in. It's like the past five years and onwards. And it's not that I don't remember th- anything before that. But it's like as time come, like yeah. goes forward, it gets foggier and foggier in the distance. But like clear memory is like five years around oh, yeah. this moment. The most prog- like um, time that I remember is like middle school. Because that's when I started to get angsty, you know, as all middle schoolers do. And since my parents were literally raised like in the 50s and 60s they uh they didn't really see eye to eye on how people did things like socially now like if i ever like wanted to hang out with a boy they'd have to like knock on the door shake my dad's hand like actually just yeah just very formal so i never like brought anyone around or wanted to be home i don't know there's just uh we just butted heads a lot especially me and my mom because she uh just wanted me to kind of fit into this mold of how she was when she was younger, I could kind of tell. And I think it was just a generational difference. But, and when I got older, like when I was 22, my mom and I had like a sit down and she kind of realized that there were things that she could have done better and things that, you know, I could have done better because maybe with the right medication or the right communication, we could have, you know, gotten along better, but we're good now. Oh, you have a good relationship with your parents now? Or your mom, anyway? Mm, yeah, both of them. We're good now. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. It's all water under the bridge. We had, like, a really good talk and laid it all on the table. I feel like that's more than most people can say. Oh, I yeah. know a lot of people who don't haven't talked to their parents in years because they don't plan on ever doing it again. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm in between there. I talk to my parents. I don't feel very, like, close, I guess. Oh, sure. I definitely don't feel, like, super close, but we're civil enough that it's okay to go over there on holidays and stuff, you know, before all this went down. But I feel more of, like, a loyalty, I guess, to them since they bought me, as weird as that sounds, but, like, they're the only... Yeah, they chose you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, I just watched recently the Steve Jobs movie, and there's two of them. So I'm, the one I'm talking about is the one with... I saw the one with Ashton Kutcher. Not that one. Mm. So the one with the guy from the newer X-Men movies. I've never seen X-Men. 
well, that's fine. They're they're <laughs> not very uh, remarkable. I don't know. Anyway, not the Ashton Kutcher, Steve Jobs movie, the other one. Okay. And he's adopted. Mm-hmm. And, st- like, it's him. And somebody says to him something like, uh, like, I never understood. Like, you, you've got this complex that you're trying to get over. But the fact that you were adopted, it means that you were chosen. Like, you feel like you have been discarded, but really you were chosen. So that kind of made me think, like, that's a unique experience that, from a certain perspective, like, adoption could feel like a worse thing than non-adoption. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it the other way, like, I wasn't necessarily chosen. In fact, I'm pretty sure I was an accidental child. I guess that they, they chose not to abort me because my parents are Christian, so they probably wouldn't do that to begin with. Mm-hmm. But for someone who's adopted, like you were specifically chosen by people to be raised. Oh, yeah. Rather than some uh, accident. Yeah, that's true. Apparently I had siblings. I have siblings. Right. Question mark. So I don't know. I I guess I do. I would have one question to my mom, I guess, if I ever met her. is just like, because she specifically said America is where she wanted me to go. And oh, I she ended had up, power and... I, I don't death. know if she actually did. She just like kind of left more of like a powerful suggestion yeah um but i don't think they really had any power to like do anything about that but it it worked yeah it happened i guess so i just was curious like why here i don't know i mean i don't know but i would guess it's like the american dream and like i suppose you have a child that for whatever reason you can't or don't want to take care of so send them off to the place where you think they'll be the most have the best future that's true not necessarily that's actually the case (laughs) But, you know, that's the, that's the popular idea. That's true. A lot of immigrants come to America because it's the place to fulfill your dreams. I think Europe is the place to fulfill my dreams. Honestly, yeah. Like, <laughs> you probably would have been better off if you were raised in Norway. Um. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that that's probably like a really like millennial or gen whatever the other one is. XZ. XZ. One of the two. One of those. The 1995 <laughs> birth era of like people looking kind of idealizing deserved or not like europe and like scandinavian countries because I, I feel that like they seem like they've got their shit going a lot better than we do but that's something that like my dad or like people my parents age just don't understand They're, like those are socialist countries like why would you want to live there mm-hmm. my dad feels the same way have you seen like parks and rec no oh okay well nick offerman's character ron swanson he's like libertarian and he Oh, would, wow. He's like, I, I would never, I would never go to Europe for any reason, um, because they're they're socialists over there. And then he does go to Europe because his favorite uh, scotch or whatever it is, whiskey or some sort of alcohol company, is made in Scotland. So he gets to visit their facility. But generally, yeah, he's like, I hate all, all of European countries because they're socialists. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get that mindset. Yeah, no, me neither. My dad always like starts these weird i shouldn't even like i don't know so we'll be in the car and we'll just be like we would have had a nice day we would see a movie or whatever and then we'll just be like going back to like my house or whatever and i'll just be like so what do you think about socialism (laughs) i'm like is this how it's gonna go (laughs) yeah yeah i I don't know and he's like taking me i don't know if you've ever heard of the movie unplanned before i think maybe i've talked to you about it it's like about the um planned parenthood abortion movie that came out a couple years ago that my dad made me go see with him anti-abortion movie Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it was just basically like anti-planned parenthood propaganda yeah it's pretty bad that was actually what we went to go see before he asked me how what i thought about socialism (laughs) 
<laughs> that whole day he was trying to like <laughs> yeah is a plot convert you <laughs> to something yeah yeah well every time i see him he's always like so are you sure about the blue or he'll be like you sure you don't want to come to church just i don't know yeah he's just very bold about it because he thinks that everyone needs jesus yeah. but which like he had cancer and he like still like instead of thinking the doctors he oh, thanks no. jesus and i was like yeah yep. yeah they went to school he went to school for you absolutely it was jesus that made sure that that doctor you know, went to <laughs> medical school and tried his hardest on your day of surgery absolutely yep. <laughs> not just the doctor Mm-mm. my yeah. dad does that kind of thing sometimes too um about like the socialism like he'll just go on like rants about like other countries and, and why they're horrible and Mm-hmm. you know my dad's just like you want to end up like europe i'm like kinda <laughs> kinda <laughs> yeah. do yeah having universal health care sounds like a good thing right especially considering all the fucked up people and how fucked up i'm sure i am i could use some universal health care oh yeah i know so many people that are like i have this problem that sounds like super serious and they're yeah. like but i don't have insurance so and it's just really sad that that's how it is See so your siblings that you mentioned that mm. are possible. Were they also um, adopted? They don't think. So. Um, or do you not they know don't, anything? They don't think so. But I don't, I don't really know. I don't know how that all works out there. Because I know my mo- my mom and dad were promised like three or four kids before it worked out with me. I don't remember what different countries they went to, and then like either the countries like closed off adoption with the U.S. or uh, I think different things with the baby like i think one of them had like shaken baby syndrome because of the foster mom mm. um so it was just kind of like situations like that where the baby got pulled or whatever but my parents just wanted a baby or whatever so they didn't really care yeah but then there was me and i was returned for being too dark so wait returned yeah i guess that's a thing what do you mean there's a family that like was oh like ready you had a to... first family yeah that wanted to adopt you and then decided and then they backed it. out because i was too dark Oh, same exact story. Well, not exactly. (laughs) Steve Jobs also, because his response was like, I wasn't actually chosen. Like my first adoption family chose to give me back. True that. So I feel you. Chosen once, rejected once, I guess. Mm, That's true. Still chosen. I just think it's crazy because I'm really not that dark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. Not that it really even That's true. It doesn't matter. Although, um, why did your parents, did they specifically like seek out a pair of Guayan child? I think that they had friends that ended up adopting a son or something through Paraguay and they suggested it to my parents, but I don't really know. Do you think, well, okay, do you think that your life would have been better had you, I guess, not been adopted, stayed in Paraguay as a little infant? Oh, no. Yeah. No, probably not. Because, like, I can only imagine what the foster care system is like there versus, like, what it is here. And, like, considering, like, my glasses and just, like, different health things that, like, yeah. I've gotten help for here. Like, I maybe not would have gotten help out there. So, yeah. well, I don't I, know. I was, I mean, yeah, the foster care is one thing. I was I was imagining just, like, for, you know, whatever reason, your birth parent had decided to, like, oh, you stayed with the I see. original family. Do you think your fate would have been oh, preferable? Okay. I mean, you wouldn't know, but do you ever, like, think about that? I do. And I don't. I don't think so, just because seeing that country, it's very poor, yeah. and there's just so many kids out begging for their parents who are just taking the money to go drink alcohol. Like, mm. 
that happened to us so many times when we were out there because there would just be like a two-year-old wandering the streets with just like a little can looking yeah. for money and then we'd literally see them walk over to their dad who would just go into the liquor store right next there so yeah. i don't know i don't really know it's just uh it's kind of a sad country and i just i don't think so i just wonder because um maybe not paraguay is an example but like there are i feel like a lot of poor countries that are the people are happier they might be worse off in a lot of ways to like the u.s but if That's you, true. If I you might not know people, what like, I like India, for instance, like a lot of India is kind of third world country slums everywhere because it's just they're way too hyper populated. Mm-hmm. But I, I like when you look at happiness indexes and you, you like uh, give them surveys on that and uh, like how close they are with their family and stuff, they usually pretty consistently score better. That's probably true. I feel like maybe they have like more sense of. Like their culture and stuff, since yeah. they're around their extended family and all that stuff. Yeah, all like you've got like the whole family, like grandmas and like great grandma, yeah. all like living in the same house. Like you feel this yeah. deep, like familial connection. Yeah, that I feel like out here, family gets more belonging. spread out because yeah. I haven't seen my extended family in years. They live all over the country and actually all over the world. Yeah, and like in a poor country, as like poor as you might be, and as more likely you would be to like die of some perf- like preventable thing oh yeah absolutely you've also got i think on the other hand you've got perhaps a less uh, likelihood of developing like like mental illnesses one because you're happy and that is a good prevention but also because i feel like there's a lot of fucked up things about like western society or, like you the u.s that put a lot of pressure on people on their minds in like unnatural ways oh that yeah drive them to depression oh yeah absolutely there's probably way more pressure here than there is yeah. out there to just exist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're living in Thailand with your bunch of your family members, like, you probably don't have that much societal pressure to be successful and, you know, oh, make yeah. a name for yourself. Definitely. And the country's beautiful. Yeah. They haven't really... It's not like it is here. I can actually see the stars and, like, yeah. the animals are just roaming and there's just, like, trees everywhere and it's just, like, a rainforest depending on where you drive. Not green for like the Chaco or whatever. Yeah. It's pretty much like an Amazon, I think. Yeah, I guess I'm not saying that the equation is equal. It's probably not, but there's definitely something that you lose or that we have lost by going the route that we have in like the U.S. and other similar countries compared to those. Like in the industrialization, yeah, you get more prosperous, but you lose out on like the nature that you're destroying and connection to like family members which i mean i don't value is that important but that's probably because i'm yeah i grew up in this country yeah that's true but historically that's been pretty important feeling connection with your family that's true i think i had a few more things i wanted to ask about adoption because it's an interesting subject it's just one of those things that i will never be able to experience so like it's true it's fascinating yeah, I uh, I guess I didn't really like think too much because I always got that question of how do you feel about being adopted when I was growing up and I never really knew how to answer that. Yeah, you don't have a comparison. Like, yeah, the person like, asking I just is am. like, <laughs> what's it like to be adopted versus what I'm like? But you don't know what I'm like, so. Yeah, I'm just like, it kind of just is right. what it is. And I don't know, my parents are my parents, even though they don't look like me. And I don't know, that was weird for kids when I was like really little to understand because like, I don't know if in your school like your parents could come in and like be a teacher helper or whatever i never had that no oh, okay well ours did my mom would come in and they would just assume she was my grandma because she was 
just a bunch older than yeah. their parents and she would just like give them shit and be like yep i'm 100 years old <laughs> just <laughs> and uh i don't know it just didn't really occur to me that it would have an impact or could have an impact until i got yeah. older and i realized that like i don't know maybe there was something that i felt like i was missing and just like i, I don't know i don't feel like anything's missing i just like i just don't feel that sense of culture because yeah. i wish i knew more about paraguay because the most i know honestly is like what i learned from the dictator podcast and there's one in paraguay that helped nazis go yeah. yeah that's literally all i know for the most part <laughs> yeah i'm sure uh paraguay too because argentina i feel like is really well known for taking in a lot of nazis after world war ii yeah and then they would wait like a generation and then they would move to california yep mm-hmm I did go to Argentina and Brazil when I was out there, though, just to see Iguazu Falls. I don't know oh, if you've yeah. ever heard of... It's beautiful. <laughs> it's yeah. huge. That's, that's on my list of places to, to go, for yeah. sure. It's great. There's so many weird animals. Like, that's the thing, is that there's, like, a path that you can walk to just get, like, on the deck where you just get soaked by the water. Mm. But on the way there, you're literally walking through just, like, trees and stuff, and they're just wild animals roaming around and stuff. And, like, some of them are... Little, little, no, nah, a little sketchy. Like they'll steal your fucking food. Oh, the animals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like monkeys or something. Or I guess there's like these raccoon-looking things, but oh. they weren't raccoons. They're like uh, guatis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those. No, did not like. I like those. They're really cute. They'll steal your food. Yeah, they will. <laughs> I, I, I was in Costa Rica, feeding them a bunch of pineapple rinds, mm. and there's like twenty of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cute. Um, yeah, awesome. I was planning on going to Peru. Uh, this past summer Ooh. of 2020, if anybody's listening far into the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, those plans got canceled because of coronavirus, but that would have been a really good trip. Yeah, and I haven't been to South America yet, so that would have been the first time going to that continent. I would definitely love to go again, but I kind of want to go to Mexico. I've never been. Yeah, Mexico's pretty good. I went there a few years back. Went to the Yucatan Peninsula, which is where Chichen Itza, it's where Chichen Itza is. Oh, okay. Which is like the giant ziggurat. That, oh, that'd be awesome. Like I was actually surprised when I told people about that, how many people don't know of that. But I feel like it's it's one of the new wonders of the world. I'm pretty sure. Oh, or is it? Maybe not. Maybe I'm, it's it's really big. It's really cool. Nice. That's awesome. We went to a bunch of different ruins of places, but I wish I I cared enough when I went because I yeah. was just at that age where like I was just more entertained by the things I was eating and the things I was seeing rather than like actual knowledge yeah <laughs> of learning because like we went to a lot of cool places there the hotel that we stayed at um it was kind of like um is it bayshore that's the outdoor mall is that i think so the one so it's kind of like that except your hotel rooms are faced out and then like there's a a square in the middle that just has like chairs and stuff and you can like eat out there and then there's um like a whole setup like a, a zoo for like animals and stuff so it just had like ducks and like little animals and they had like, like, a like petting cats. Zoo kind of thing? yeah and just like weird animals that i'd never seen but i couldn't really ask what they were because i didn't know spanish <laughs> <laughs> well you were with your grandma she knew spanish that's true she never wanted to go though because oh. she you know she wasn't into that but i was all about petting the animals yeah it was like uh petting animals you're they tell you when you go to a different country don't pet the stray cats but i always do Oh, I did. Yeah, there is actually a another morbid. Um, there is a cat, a kitten there who um was 
dying and I just like really wanted to take care of it and do something about it but all of them were just nonchalant about just like leaving it there and then they would deal with it the people like in the hotel and like also just like my grandma and my mom they're just like yeah just let it be I'm like that's just I don't know I was just so little that it's just like yeah I was like no (laughs) yeah I watched one of my cats die once um so had that kind of thing can't really help them well yeah i guess you can in the sense that you can like comfort them that's probably one of the best things that like things you would most want as you're dying is somebody to like pet you rather than just ignore you yeah that's true i um me and my family were going to church one day oh, wow. i don't know why i said it like that but <laughs> we were going to church one day when i was like 13 or something mm-hmm. and uh I had seen my cat sitting like right behind the the wheel of the tire because the car was heating up and it was warm. Mm-hmm. So the cat was sitting behind it. And I'd seen it before like that several days in the past. Um, it was kind of a new cat too. We had it for like just a few months. It was kind of babyish. It wasn't a kitten, but it was like quite young. And uh, so I was like, yeah, it'll move. It moved every other time. And then we went to church and right as we backed up, we just crunch and like no. went over a big bump and then i was like immediately i was like fuck like i i know exactly yeah. what that was my whole family got out like what was it and then anyway watch my cat die and then like i sat there with it like trying to comfort as it as it was uh like Aww. dying so how old are you yes i don't know 13 or something i think it was like middle school age yeah 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 i kind of had the same my parents had only had dogs before, like, I think I was in kindergarten and I really wanted a cat. So we went to, like, a farm and, like, the barn cats had, like, a shit ton of kittens. So I just, like, picked one. And I never had a cat. They never had a cat. So we just kept it in the garage, which is, like, a little detached from the house. Um, oh, did it which, freeze? No, okay. it, no it's, it's a heated garage, yeah. Um, but, uh like the door just like goes up and down or whatever and the cat like was usually pretty good at not running back under it when it was closing and then one time it it didn't it the curiosity got the cat it was bad it's not good that seems like a hard way to yeah die that like oh that traumatized me for a long time because i was like i totally murdered that cat but it was really just like the garage is it does its own thing I don't know. Death is weird. <laughs> yeah. My brother stepped on a hamster once. Oh. It's sad. Because hamsters are so cute. And they like are. smaller than your foot. So you step on it. It's just squished. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we can move on to talking about a different subject. Of all the ones you have written down, which one titillates you most? Drugs titillate me. Drugs. Yeah. Because we were talking about drugs a little bit with like prescription drugs you have to take for oh that's true like i suppose i was thinking more like the psychedelic yeah, yeah, yeah. fun drugs I was like yeah what's the word drugs that you do to have a good time drugs mm-hmm. happy drugs happy fun time yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your first experience with drugs if you remember it mm, i think i was um 13 or 14 and i was just hanging out with my friends and they were smoking and i hit the pipe but i didn't really know how to smoke weed and at the time no one explained it to me so i probably did it wrong 
and I didn't feel anything. But we were also like, that was my first time drinking as well. So like, it could have just been a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, the first time I smoked the weeds, I uh, didn't feel anything at all. And mm. I was told like, you need to do it a certain amount of times or smoke a certain amount because like, you've got a resistance the first time you do it. See, I feel like that's bullshit. They just didn't teach us how to smoke correctly yeah. or else it would have worked because I can get high just fine now. Well, maybe it's because you've done it enough times. Or that's whatever. true. But that's what I was told. I don't know if that's true, but it's very also possible that I didn't actually inhale because for a while I didn't even understand like how to do that. That's true. Most people smoke weed like they smoke a cigarette and, and they won't get high and it's just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> I went to the Dominican Republic in high school and we were smoking a bunch of cigars um, with my friends and his dad and pretty sure I was doing it wrong the whole time because I think cigars you're actually supposed to inhale for whatever reason. I don't know why you'd want to. I've never smoked a cigar. Just like, I don't know. You, they like If you get like a flavored cigar and you don't inhale it, you don't really taste anything. That's true. So there's no point of being so flavored. So just be like kind of sitting in your mouth. And yeah. Is it harsh? Not really. I, I actually like smoking cigars, mm. but maybe because I was doing it wrong. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was cool. I was like 15 or whatever, smoking a bunch of cigars and like, Ooh. and I didn't have was to like hide it. It was like. It was legal. Yeah. Or just oh. well, yeah. but like my friend's dad didn't care. He's like, "Yeah, we're on vacation." Let's, That's true. Let's just live it up. And it's not like they were. Uh, I guess they have tobacco in them, which has nicotine in it. But it's not like they're as bad as cigarettes, or mm, yeah, or like I don't know. Probably wouldn't have been happy if we were smoking weed, but cigars are fine, I guess. <laughs> Even though I don't know, I view that as more harmful. Oh but, yeah, definitely. Weed is a plant. Well, so is tobacco. I suppose that's true. And that's like literally but all the cigars work. It's the filter and all that stuff. Not in cigars though. What are cigars wrapped in? They're just they're just wrapped up tobacco. Oh. I think they're even wrapped in tobacco. Oh, okay. So you're just smoking so straight it's like up a tobacco. For tobacco. Basically, yeah. Interesting. So they're definitely a lot more healthy. Not not actually healthy. So yeah, smoking smoking weed with the friends. Was it just like weed as a teenager or a middle schooler? Mm. I smoked weed a couple times, but I really, like, I got into alcohol pretty early. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really even, like, remember why I decided that that was the cool thing to do. But then, like, my friends and I went really heavy, and we would, like, have parties and stuff in high school. And, like, yeah. I don't know why I thought it was so cool, but, like, looking Well, everyone back, else thought it was cool. I don't think teenagers actually think for themselves. Or anybody, for that matter, but. No. I guess I drank a little bit of alcohol. But I never, there's never something, even to this day, that I've actually gotten that into. Oh, yeah. I was, like, super into it. And then I kind of hit a wall when I was 21 because uh, I uh, made a lot of bad choices when I got too drunk. And I would wake up in places I didn't remember like getting to. Like sexy choices? Or, uh, um... Yes and no. Sometimes I would just, like, be somewhere, like, at someone else's house because I don't know why. Yeah. Because my friends were there, but then my friends would leave, which, like, I guess says something about my friends. Yeah, they just left you there? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those aren't good friends. No. But I just put myself in bad situations, and then when I was 21, I, like, woke up again somewhere I didn't know, and I was just like, I should probably stop drinking. And then I took a really long break, and now I take one shot, and I'm having a good time, so I don't really know. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's my preferred way to consume drugs. Is like every like sparingly so that when you do it, you can do less of it and still feel the thing. Oh, like just yeah. take a shot and then you feel like mildly. Oh, that's drunk. true. 
Because, yeah, if you uh, start drinking too much, then you got to drink more and more until you... It's just so expensive, for one thing, as well as, you know. That's true. And Granted, when places. I was, like, a teenager, we bought, like, the two, like the really cheap bottles. Yeah. So it wasn't even, like, good alcohol. It was, like, Everclear and, like, nasty oh, $5 yeah. tequila that just, like, basically burned your insides. So you're like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Now I'm a classy bitch and I get some red wine, but. <laughs> no, you gotta stay away from the absinthe and Everclear because it's just gross. Oh, it is gross. It's just basically rubbing alcohol. That's yeah. well. Is that cheaper? You probably just buy that from like Walgreens and drink it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so it was alcohol and and weed. Did you experiment with like a lot of my friends in uh, like middle school, especially, were like huffing stuff. Oh, like paint. No, I was not. <laughs> I know a lot of boys that did, but I don't. I didn't. And is I that don't... more of a boy thing to do? I think so. It's uh... pretty stupid. I never got in on that. Like that was one time where the the drug class you know when gym class converted into like let's teach about drugs for health yeah yeah that was one thing that pretty solidly convinced me like don't huff paint i was like yeah that sounds right like (laughs) (laughs) i think that one i'll I'll take a pass on i just never understood the glue thing like there's so many boys that sniff glue i'm like why (laughs) or like i had some guys that would eat it that seems like they're like four-year-olds it reminded me of that i don't remember what show that was but Maybe it's Powerpuff Girls, like that one kid that like the episode where he just like ate so much glue and he became like a glue. Mo- Have you not seen that I one? Don't, I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> oh, I've seen Powerpuff Girls a lot of episodes. Yeah, but yeah, he just eats a shit ton of like glue and, and he becomes, becomes a glue monster. Yeah, yeah, it's really gross. And he just like glues, like goos glue all over everybody. Glue's just gross. One thing I would sniff, and it wasn't to get high, it was just because like I. <laughs> I was, I've had asthma and breathing problems like my whole life. So I remember like in high school or in middle school, there was always hand sanitizer in the classrooms. So I would just like pump a bunch of it in my hands and then spread a little bit and then just like put my face into my hands and sniff to like get that, that hand sanitizer right up my nostrils. That good stuff. And then it would like open my sinuses and make oh, okay. me breathe better. I suppose that you could just eat some horseradish. Uh, yeah, I never thought of that though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But that's that's what I would do, because for like a few minutes, it's like. Oh, would it breathe. be effective for a long enough time? No, it was like it was like less than a minute. But it was that like <laughs> that, sweet, that relief sweet relief for a moment. Yeah, <laughs> at least like once every hour, like beginning of every class, just huff, huff some hand sanitizer. Oh, there's a cat <laughs> jumped onto a chair and the chair tipped. It didn't fall over. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my friends were getting into drugs, and I was late to join the party. Yeah, I did. That one time, it was like, I don't know, sophomore year or something of, of high school. And I was with a bunch of people, and this one guy who was trying to sell us crack. Um, what? Yeah, we were like, I don't know. I don't know where we were, but there's a bunch of people I didn't know, along with a few people that I did. And we went to this, like, gas station, and this guy hopped in the car. Because we were, like, we were driving my friend's <laughs> convertible. That he was proud of. So the guy mm. just hopped in the car. Oh, I see. To hang out with us, I guess. And I don't know. We didn't want to say no or whatever. He was trying to sell us crack. Yeah, that was fun. But I didn't get high then. And then my friend would always be like smoking marijuana in his hot tub outside. Mm. And then his parents would catch him like every couple <laughs> months and get really angry. And eventually they just got used to it. And like, oh, whatever. He's, he's a weed smoker. Nothing we can do. Oh, yeah. But I don't really think I got high 
like I think the first time was probably definitely after high school though, like when I was like twenty or something. At the apartment. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> we, were playing, we were playing like Rocket League, and I got super high, and I was like, "Wow." I don't that's, know if that was the first time. That sounds that, about right. That sounds like one of the first times in my mind. <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing. I just remember one time you threw a sock at me. <laughs> and it was meant for Ian. <laughs> was it a wet sock? Yes. Yeah. I think I was on acid then. I Oh yeah. I uh dumped a bunch of water out of the um like the water pitcher. I took it out of the fridge and just dumped it onto my feet. <laughs> and then I like walked in it around <laughs> and then I took my socks off and I threw them. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess I don't remember the fact that it hit you, but I guess I meant to hit Ian and I hit you. It's okay. One of them hit Ian's arm, the other one hit my cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, acid's yeah, so always a good time. Well, usually. Yeah, that 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 was like a good first time on acid because it was like I think it was pretty purely all like upside, no downside. Oh yeah, and weren't there a couple people there? Yeah, yeah, I feel like there were a lot. Yeah, and that was like a nice twist because usually it's just three of us or whatever, not like a whole group of people all doing drugs at the same time. (laughs) So what was your first experience on acid or psychedelic Um, in general, I guess? It was with Ian and we were at his house and I had thought that I had done it when I was younger and then it didn't work. So I just chalked this up to my first time and we were all really like really fucking nervous for some reason. Like, I don't know what we thought was going to happen. Was it everybody's first time there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we were just like really nervous and kind of getting in our head and we're just like, fuck it. We'll just, we're just going to do it. So we just like, we got in the pool, we just took it and we just like. Got in the pool for the first time doing it. That seems like a <laughs> terrible decision. <laughs> yeah. Like, what if I lose control of my body? I know. Let's get in the pool. Fuck it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so we're just floating around, having a dandy time, and then, you know, we're just high as shit. And then, I don't remember how, but we were hanging out in the garage for hours, just crammed on this couch, like, all three of us, just in a line, crammed in this couch, just, like, listening to music on one person's phone. And I'm just like, how did we get here? (laughs) And then Travis came over. And he was just, like, at the edge. We went back to the pool. And he's just at the edge of the pool packing bowls as we're just floating around the pool. And we'll just, like, float to his corner, hit it, and then float back into the pool. (laughs) So it was pretty great. Um, It was definitely more... It was the most, like, visual time that I've ever had on acid. But I think it's probably just because of the first time. Do you remember any of the visuals that you would see? Um, It was mostly just, like, everything breathing around me like chairs and just like soft things would like freak me out because I felt like my hand was like getting like eaten by them kind yeah. of but it like also felt good so it was just like a really conflicting yes. feeling that I was having I don't know I just um uh, and uh, time was weird because I was like is time moving really slow or is it moving really fast I'm moving really slow like I, I don't know yeah as it's just really weird like the first time I think it was just like more pure bliss I felt yeah than any of the other times but I think it was just cuz it was like raw and it, we were it was like all of our first time so we were just I don't know it was good I guess when you said pure bliss that made me think that my first time 
it wasn't actually like it wasn't like pure bliss like that there was a lot of blissful moments but it was something that i think could be interpreted as like could it have been a bad trip but i didn't interpret it that way i felt oh, like shit. i was i was trying to un, like unravel this mystery of like you had loops yeah i had loops that i was trying <laughs> to get out of yeah i was caught in these loops um and it was, i was like fascinated by it i was like there's something that's like i'm a prisoner in my own mind and like my habits are constricting me and i was trying to like go deeper and find find like the base of it all um, you're going in major self self growth mode yeah while you're high yeah and i was like writing down all these things like i don't know mm-hmm. that was interesting um but i probably yeah. i think every time i've only done acid three times now I think every time that I've done it, I look like a crazy person, <laughs> like doubting w- what I'm looking at is like real or not. And it's not that I'm like seeing things, at least not usually, just not sure if like, yeah. Oh, sure. Because you're like, on acid, you're not really in control. Yeah. But you just like have more free thought, which could be good or bad, depending on what you're Usually, I feel are. like it, it flows between the two a lot for me, like. Oh, yeah. But you like, seem to have, like, to a moment. grip. Like, if it goes bad, like, you communicate that in a pretty, like, yeah. as well as you can. And then you just, like, take a minute and then you're, like, back to laughing. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things usually go dark and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I can't breathe. Like, I forgot how to breathe. Which happens yeah. a lot, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm high. Not even just on acid. I forget how to breathe. Teeth fascinate me when I'm on acid. That sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm it glad kind I haven't is. fixated on teeth yet. Um, yeah i think it's just because my two front teeth are like not straight so i just like sit mm-hmm. there and just like mm, yeah. not right <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't know i usually like for me acid is more of like since i don't have any meds or any antidepressant like that is my antidepressant to like yeah. let go of all the like bad thoughts and bad shit that might be yeah. like harboring me at the time so i feel like more of myself and more normal where i know like a lot of people just kind of like lose themselves Mm. but i kind of find myself if that makes sense yeah i don't know i feel like maybe i get a mix of both because i feel like i learn a lot of things on an acid trip oh yeah um about myself yeah but at the same time i I do feel like loss of uh control or loss of like any sort of sense of self like it last time i did it i was um with my friend um both of them were on previous episodes of this podcast and i kept on thinking i was the dog that was in the room oh there's a dog and i was like am i the dog like oh no (laughs) 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 yeah huh i don't know interesting it was weird i had a moment when i was with like four other people and we were super couch time so we were just like all sitting watching like youtube or whatever and in my brain i thought i was laughing hysterically like i thought i was laughing and we were all talking and everyone was laughing in reality like none of us had moved or spoken or done anything (laughs) for hours except just like drool and watch the tv yeah and then like after we were coming down i was like did i hallucinate all of that And they're like yeah we didn't move (laughs) wow so I don't know. That was like the first time like I lost control, I guess, of yeah. like my I don't know. That kind of thing makes me think of those scenes from like Breaking Bad or other shows where people do heroin where they like just laying there like and they like fall asleep but you know, like in their mind they're on some like amazing 
adventure. Oh, yeah. But but if you were to be an outside observer, they just look like they're yeah, just laying in. Yeah. I don't know if that's happened to me. I feel like on acid, I'm usually. I oh, you're pretty active. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did laps in them. Oh yeah, I was doing. I was doing. I was running. I was sprinting laps in the parking lot while I was staring up at the stars at night. I was trying to piece together a map of the universe. Because, yeah. yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had um what you would call in your head a bad trip? I think um that moment of me hallucinating that was probably the worst. Like, I've been around a pe- bunch of people that I've had bad times, but it's never. Like you, affected... you were around them when they were having. Yeah. 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 But it's never really affected me. Like, I was able to, like, keep control of myself so I didn't also go down a dark hole. Yeah. I don't know. I've never really, like, knock on wood, I won't right now because the mic, but um, yeah. I've never really had any, like, bad times with drugs. The last time I did it, it was, it kept on bordering on bad mm-hmm. tripness, but I don't think it got there. Like, everything kept on turning into spiders. Mm. And I'm not a fan of them. No, oh, I love spiders. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I was like, I was like, no, that's that's not actually a spider. And it got to this point where I was, along with thinking I was the dog, I thought like maybe oh, same night. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, the same night. Okay. Like I was like maybe the true version of reality is that I am a spider, and I'm so full of self hatred that I can't come to terms with the fact that I'm actually a spider, and this is all hallucination. Wow. So, damn. That's really scary. I've never, uh, I've, uh, I've witnessed someone just kind of like go down into, I I think like the part with acid when people have a bad trip is that they are either coming into it with like a bad mindset or there's something that they're avoiding that like you can't avoid when you're on acid because it like, it actually strips away parts of your brain that you can't do anything about and it just comes out and. Yeah. And that time you have to ride it out for 12 hours because, and that's scary because there's so many people that are like deeply unhappy and like are hiding it and you don't know until they're freaking out and having a bad trip and yeah. trying to do something crazy and you're also high and trying not to do something <laughs> crazy. So it's just like, it's a weird cycle, but I just feel bad because I, I don't know. I don't want people to not feel comfortable being themselves or talking about things that it has to get to a point where, you know, it boils over. Right now, I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of scientific literature on this, but uh, that I have to look at, but right now it feels to me like it's the case that when you're on psychedelics, it's just like your right brain taking over because um, normally there's that distinction of left and right brain where your left brain is the one that uses language and writing and that you would consider yourself to be where the left brain is very narrow in focus the right brain is very broad and where the left brain is more about action the right brain is about perception the the right brain is kind of like this almost like this second consciousness inside your head that you're not aware of that's taking care of a lot of other processes that you're not conscious of Mm -hmm. and it kind of is the part of you that works on things in the background that you don't actually think about such that you can be working on a problem in your head for like months and then you finally have this spark that you got it. And it isn't that you just all of a sudden in one moment came up with this new idea. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that your right brain had been working on it all this time, just mm-hmm. in, in the background. Interesting. And then now it like delivered this information to the you that you think you are. Wow. So like there's the corpus callosum in your head that connects the two, the left brain and right brain. And usually it, th- it doesn't send perfect information. 
like you've got a lot of synapses in your head that connect all of your uh, neurons together, but they don't all go across your entire brain. So you're only getting partial uh, communication between left and right. And it seems like this like more creative aspect and this aspect that's been thinking about uh, like reality and all these problems that you have that maybe you've been purposely ignoring, those get exposed when you're on psychedelics. And oh, yeah. because your right brain takes over and is much more vocal and mm. creative. Oh, and you can get these like deep feeling insights because that's like what the right brain does. Typically the right brain is more in touch with reality than the left brain is. Yeah. It's so for some moments that I've witnessed, like some people will say that they're a different gender or they're a different sexual orientation and they'll be so bold about it and stick to it and it's like maybe something that they've never said to you before. Yeah. And it's um it's just a it's a weird process when people kind of go down the rabbit hole because either it's I feel like something they've been avoiding or I feel like as the older we get like it feels like the world's crashing in on us some more because I don't know we have more responsibilities and more things to stress about so it's harder to just like relax and let go because you still have all these stresses and you might just like have them weigh down on you some like even more when you're tripping and stuff and then that's all you think about while you're still trying to have fun and it's like really hard to do that's what i've noticed with people is like i'm the one who's still like going crazy and having fun but i know that people around me are they have those moments when we're tripping where they get really into life in a bad way yeah and at that point like do you stop taking psychedelics because it's not good for you anymore not so much it's not good for you anymore, but just because it could trigger those thoughts and feelings. And I've seen people come out the other side not the same and just for going through those things. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like you probably shouldn't stop. I mean, you shouldn't, like, do it excessively. But I feel like the fact that you're or I have had, like, bad trips and bad experiences and dwelling too much, taking things too seriously in, like, psychedelic trips... I don't know. For me, I feel like that I want to do it again to like overcome that. Oh, sure. Kind of thing. And I don't know. I feel like that's a bad place to leave it. If you have a bad trip that like really fucks you up and like oh, yeah. messes with your life, I feel like at some point in the future you should probably do it again. Yeah, it's kind of like facing your fears. Yeah, I don't know to like come to terms with what you discovered that last time. Oh, definitely. Because I I feel like you can if you have a bad trip. I feel like you have some sort of capacity to maybe like talk yourself out of it it's just the strong mental will that you have to come up with and I don't feel like I have that I just feel like I I'm better at avoiding my problems than other people might be oh so maybe that means that when you do have a bad trip it'll be horrible maybe (laughs) (laughs) it'll it'll be like 10 years worth of bad trips yeah all in one yeah I I don't think (laughs) I think my 30th birthday, I'm just not going to, because, like, existential crisis oh, will yeah. be the, be impending. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the first, uh, three times, the first time, like, no aspects of a bad trip. Second time, I thought it was pretty bad. Third time was a mix. But I feel like both those last two times, I managed to, like, turn it back around before the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did, like, I wasn't going crazy at the very end of it. That second time I did acid. I <laughs> I was um like parts of my my consciousness if the, I don't know if this will make any sense 
parts of my consciousness were like breaking into pieces mm-hmm. and then like swirling around and then getting more distant and then new ones would break and it was like a funnel going back in time and then each one was like a fictionalized version of what was happening and I had to like trace all these pieces back to each other and figure out if this was actually happening or if I was just making shit up in my head mm. like I thought I pissed my okay. pants and that's a thing for acid yeah like whether people think or they actually do piss their pants yeah I was like so caught up like I pissed my pants and I didn't actually piss my pants at least did I no okay yeah I didn't actually <laughs> piss my pants <laughs> But I was, like, going down this, like, this train of thought that was, like, all, like, the worst possible scenarios that I, I could think of, like, mm-hmm. and then I had to, like, work my way back through time, like, wait, no, that one didn't actually happen, neither did that, neither did that. Oh, so I was, like, no. I was, like, I was, like, swirling in my head of, like, all uh, the, I think that how would could this situation go wrong? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be my bad trip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it wasn't yeah. fun. Yeah, I, um had a friend who we did acid and she laid on the couch and she got back up and she said she felt like she melt like her body and brain melted into the couch and she felt like she wasn't put back together again correctly (laughs) and i'm like jesus (laughs) yeah but i feel like that's a pretty good accurate representation of how it how it is yeah no I've, i've i haven't had that second part but yeah, I remember sitting on a couch and feeling like my the particles of my body were becoming one with the couch. <laughs> um, and I remember I was like eating a slice of pizza. I, I felt like I was I was consuming like the individual particles, and then I could feel the individual particles in my tongue, and like the sensation of taste was just like these atoms mixing, and I couldn't actually taste like anything, but I could like just feel it. But then the pizza felt like it was part of my hand, so then I felt like I was eating my Damn. hand. <laughs> And it was just like this, this like continuation of, of just like a, a particles eating each other. So oh. it felt like it felt like the universe is just like consuming itself, which I guess to a certain but, extent is yeah, true. That's true. But interesting. A lot of people have freaked out about their hands like not being part of their body. Oh, that's a thing where they like look at their that. hand and they're like, "Is this my hand?" That's and something... that would freak me the fuck out. Yeah. I haven't had I that. I don't know. Like, I disassociate really bad, but I've never really felt like this isn't my hand. This isn't my foot. Like, I don't know. I just more f- so feel like this isn't my experience rather than my actual body. Yeah. That is a thing, though, which maybe uh, adds a point to my idea of the right brain taking over during uh, acid trips is um, people with split brain, when you when you cut across that connection, left left brain, right brain, then people have all these sorts of issues where... So, like, your left brain is in charge of perceiving information from the left quadrant in both of your eyes, and the right brain is the right quad, or, I mean, the other way around, but left is for right and right is for left. But it's it's about both of your eyes. So your entire field of vision on the left side is the domain of, like, one side of your body, and the other is the other side of your body. So people with these split brain uh, experiences, they have the sensation that they actually aren't in control. Like their left hand isn't theirs mm-hmm. because you feel that you're, you like identify with your left brain. So that would be your right hand. So you feel like your right hand, that's what you're in control of. And you move that. And then if you're like in a lab setting, and a, like a psychologist is pointing out to you, like your left hand right there. And they're like, whose hand is that? They're like, that's your hand. Not my hand. Like <laughs> They don't believe that it's theirs because it's, it's controlled the right brain. The right brain is no longer part of them. Um, at least in their mind. Yeah, that's true. 
One more interesting thing, not quite related, kind of related, <laughs> about the right brain, about how it's kind of like a separate consciousness. Normally, it's that's mostly fine because our, the hemispheres are connected. But when they're disconnected like that, when you cut through that connection, the right brain kind of forms its own person. There are circumstances with people who have the split brain where you're reaching into a closet and you might grab out a coat with your right hand, mm. but then your left hand pushes that coat back into the closet, and then your hands disagree with each other. Oh. Or like you're hugging your wife with your right hand, but you're pushing her away with the left, because you know your right and left brain don't agree on how they actually want to interact with the world. That'd be frustrating as hell. Yeah, and since your left brain is the one that's in control of speech and the one you think you are, your right brain is this like other entity that's inside you, has a consciousness all of its own, and reacts to the world, and like wants to do things. Like your left hand is doing something but it's not you so it's like a it's like a prisoner it's like um but that so like would that categorize under like split personality because i mean i guess it's not two personalities you wouldn't, but like the other personality would never have a chance to voice itself it's just a, like a mute passenger oh that's worse yeah although um people with these split brain procedures i think after about like six months they learn to cope and then their hands stop disagreeing so your right, oh, okay. your right brain learns to deal with it. So you can just train yourself, kind of. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That would be scary. Losing control of losing control of mind and body is terrifying to me. Yeah, I'd I'd like to achieve that kind of status of like, the the monks who can just live in a cave for ten years, where like you could just pull out their brain from their body, and like put it in a a vat and like keep it alive. And they would be having this conscious experience of like nothingness, but they wouldn't be driven crazy by it because they're so, they're so like at peace with reality. Oh yeah. Or like you could like torture somebody or light yourself on fire, and you wouldn't be bothered because you've you've achieved like <laughs> you know nirvana or whatever. That would be dope. I feel like I reach nirvana when I'm at acid, but I guess I don't know because I have nothing to compare yeah. monk nirvana and drug nirvana. Yeah. Well, I think that's a thing. Um, well, it was actually a thing for me too. Is um, acid trips or psychedelic trips are like a motivator for getting into meditation. Oh yeah, I've been talking about that with my coworkers a lot because they do it multiple times a day. Like even if they just get like get a little bit stressed, they're like, "I have to meditate. I'm gonna lose my shit." Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just constantly losing my shit, so maybe <laughs> I should meditate. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Actually, I think, yeah, just like therapy, everybody should probably meditate. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't have the the focus. I don't want to say patience because I can sit forever. Well, but I think that's exactly the thing. That's that's uh, why you need to meditate. Mm -hmm. It's not that you would expect instant success that you can be a master, but the fact that you don't have the focus through meditation, you would practice that focus. That's true. I mm -hmm. want to be a calm bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just like, I don't know, detach for a few moments when you're angry. Be mindful of the, the moment and what's happening around you and realize it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, so like when you do psychedelics, at least seems like for most people, you have this sort of uh, spiritual experience, whatever that means. That like, I don't know, you realize there's something more to be perceived about the universe or about your consciousness that you're not ordinarily perceiving, you're not ordinarily paying attention to, which I think is the left brain, right brain thing, like left brain very focused on like a little little cone of consciousness where the right brain is like a whole sphere of consciousness. 
Oh, yeah. So then when you do psychedelics, you're more aware of, like, reality as a whole. And then people say that you can achieve that through meditation as well. So then instead of uh, having to rely on psychedelics to get there, you could do it through just your own mind. Because one thing that I like to think about is that anything that you achieve through doing drugs is potentially achievable or hypothetically can be also achieved without the drugs because it's just taking advantage of things that are already aspects of your brain. You know, it's already, you already have these um, neurotransmitters that are being affected. So like any mental state that you can get into with a drug, you can get there somehow without a drug. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like that's why people like microdosing is a thing now because then you can just like wean yourself off once you feel like you're in a stable enough mental state after doing that for so long. I, uh, always kind of had the opinion that I never really knew what people meant by spirituality and always seemed like mumbo jumbo. Um, And it still does depending on how people talk about it. And like meditation seemed like some silly thing that I, I guess I had a, like a misapprehension of, but after I did acid for the first time, then I was like, maybe there is actually something there. So then I kind of got into meditation. I don't actually do it on a regular basis, but Mm -hmm. I feel like just even like, it doesn't have to do with like breathing exercises, I'm guessing. Is that, yeah, or yeah, some just, of them. Yeah, I just feel paying like attention just like, to the breath. Yeah, I'm really bad at just like taking a moment and yeah. just like having perspective at the situation. Like you said, like it's not that big of a deal to my brain. It's a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like afterward, when I reassess the situation, I'm like, wow, it, it didn't matter really. You freaked out over a sweatshirt. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty, Yeah. I, I mean, that's probably like why people need it and why I need it also. Because it's easy to get lost in the moment and take things too seriously. Or think things are more consequential than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what other psychedelics have you experimented <laughs> with? Well, I've tried shrooms twice. And the first time was slightly terrifying. Because when I took it... So you know how like on your, on your camera phone, like the older one, they had like the uh the sepia the like monotone one and like different stuff so like my eyeballs were literally just rotating through different (laughs) variations of that like and i was just like wow my eyes are broken (laughs) i can never see normal again so i was doing that for like a half an hour and then my stomach hurt so bad and i threw up like i don't know for a while and i just i don't know shrooms really aren't for me and i think it's just because i don't like mushrooms Oh, I don't either. That's why I haven't done them. Yeah. Everyone says that they're better because they're more natural, but I just would prefer doing acid Yeah, every time. I was going to ask you about that too, like the difference that you feel in them. Because people say to me things like... It's a shorter trip. That's why people like them more, but I just prefer going ham. And (laughs) if I don't want to go ham, I could just take tap a tab. You know, it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. Like I was saying before, the doing it less, but more uh, violently. That's my... General way of doing it. I like to go ham or not at all. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, then the problem comes, like, when you're hot. Like, at least for me, like, when I'm high, I get to a point of, like, I'm not as high as I was before. Like, yeah, I want to get higher. Or when I am at that high and I'm, like, I want to get even higher than this. So there's, like, there's a potential for danger. But I yeah. guess you can't. Has anyone died from acid before? I feel like you could just break your brain. I think it, when people die from acid, it's from doing stupid things with their body, not from the actual acid. Like, that's it's true. not like they get poisoned or overdose. It's that they jump out a window. Yeah, that's what, true. However, that um, 
So a good book on acid is uh, How to Change Your Mind. It's also about um, DMT and mushrooms and marijuana and ecstasy, MDMA, mm. yeah, by Michael Pollan. So it's like a history history of like drug use in the U.S. and how it's like been experimented with scientific findings and also like what it yeah what it does to your brain and how to change your mind. And one thing that was talked about in that book is during I think it was like the '60s, after the initial like wave of LSD spreading around Harvard by like Timothy Leary, he's giving it to everybody. Then there was this like moral panic that set in from all the parents. And, like, all the news stations took up, like, all these stories about how acid is horrible. Like, mm-hmm. And then they finally got it um, legalized and all that. But, like, the stories that were going on is, like, people jumping out of windows. And it's, like, it happened mm-hmm. one time. Right. And then it gets reported on everywhere. So then one there's this perception. One person ruin it for yeah. everybody. <laughs> then everyone's, like, that's the example. He's, like, you're going to jump out a window because you think you can fly. <laughs> and it's, like, yeah, one guy did that. And a million people have taken acid. Right. Like, so there's the potential, but yeah. very low. But then alcohol is legal. Right. Alcohol, and you got people crashing cars into each other at like ten, tens of thousands of deaths a year rather than one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People say things to me, though, like um, that mushrooms are more grounded than acid. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. <laughs> so um, you said it was shorter. Do you experience like a difference in like how it feels to be on acid versus mushrooms? I feel like with acid, maybe just because it lasts so long, I feel like the whole come up to the peak to the come down period but with shrooms, it just kind of ends. Oh. Like, I don't know. You just never really, like, it's kind of like you're high for a little while, and then you're just, like, sober again. And I I don't know. I don't really like that because I would just prefer to have a longer trip and just, like, do the full-fledged experience. And Yeah. I don't know because it honestly just ended me, ended up having a tummy ache, like, the next day. And oh. it made me feel like shit versus, like, acid I get. Like, kind of worn out, but mostly just, like, tired, but I don't feel like garbage. I feel, like, really tired after acid. Um, oh, yeah. Like, it I can't sleep. It gets worse the more you do it, I feel like. Oh, really? Oh. I think. Well, okay, actually, so, yeah, definitely the first two times, like, I, I could not sleep while I was high. And then there was that, like, 12-hour period of, like, being high, but then I had, like, a two-day period afterward of feeling like reality was off a bit. Oh, sure, yeah. And then during that time, I still felt, like, really tired. But this latest time that I did it, I um, managed to actually fall asleep within a day when normally I can't. And I can't. I can't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I didn't have any sort of like reality distortion after the fact. Like I felt like Hmm. completely normal again. Residual effect. Hmm. But prefer it that way. Um, I think it was overall more pleasant to, to not feel like out of touch with reality for two days. That's true. But the last time that that did happen, that I was out of touch with reality, I had some really good ideas. So, I don't know. Did you write them down? I did, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, in my mind, tentatively attribute that that third time, that you know, not having that residual after effect, to the fact that I drank like 40 glasses of water while I was on acid. I was super thirsty, and I was drinking glasses of water all over the place and going to the bathroom like every 10 minutes. You've inspired me. I drink so much water when I'm tripping <laughs> now because you just that one day you're just like, oh, so much water. I'm like, you're right. Yeah, I, that's something <laughs> I focus on. That's one of the loops, yeah. one of the like <laughs> deepest habit loops that I've noticed in humans. I mean, it's probably obvious, but yeah. I'm just... terrible at drinking water. But when I'm on acid, I'm a fucking oh, I'm a pro <laughs> <laughs> hydro homie. That's the subreddit that you go on if you love water. <laughs> So I don't know, maybe the fact that I drank so much water helped, like, I don't know, 
cleanse Maybe. the acid out of my body. That's true. I don't know if that's a thing. Maybe. I feel like for me, like I usually try to eat and then I take it and then I, because I'm not hungry and if I don't eat, then I won't eat for 12 hours until I'm coming yeah. down and then I'm going to fucking, I'm going to munch hard. Yeah. But I usually try to make sure it's like raspberries or like fruits or something. So I'm munching on something that's not going to like make me feel worse when I actually do wake up. But I don't know. I, uh, the first time I did it, I was up for, I think it was like 14 hours. And yeah. then I had to work at noon the next day. <laughs> Why did you? And I went to work. But I was kind of mostly sober. I, yeah. I'm mostly sober. But when I'm done taking acid for like a day, my eyesight, like I've, it's like the saturations turned up. Mm -hmm. um on my eyeballs so all the colors are like really bright for another day which yeah. is really nice but then the world seems just a little bit grayer when i notice it goes away yeah. but i think it's just exciting for me because i'm pretty blind without my glasses but I don't, I don't think that i can recall that i've had that sort of saturation but what happens to me is like after the fact with that two-day period i feel like the world is like zoomed in 15%. Like, everything's just closer to my eyeballs. And it's weird. Hmm. I noticed as I'm, like, getting older, and, like, I haven't done it in a while, but, like, the last time I did, I slept all day the next day. So it's just, like, it's slowly marrying me down, and I feel like maybe it's because of age, but I've, like, slowed down my usage as well. So I don't yeah. really know. The body works in a weird way. I don't know. It makes me feel great for a long period of time until I'm ready to do it again, because I feel like i need it which like might be dependency but you know eh. <laughs> i guess they say it's not like can't get a chemical dependency on it if anything like a behavioral dependency would just that's true i feel like people feel the people who do feel good all the time like they want to chase that high forever but i feel like that's how people feel on any kind of drug yeah that they might be and to some degree everything's a drug <laughs> yeah like water or uh, video games, or sex, or food, or actual literal drugs. I think my rate of acid use has been like once every year at this point. I haven't. I didn't did it once last year, and then COVID. So we just with COVID weighing on everyone's brain, didn't need to open that can of worms. But hopefully, when the world's back together again, I'd love to just go like walk in a park, like a. I don't know, go take a trip to somewhere up north and just walk around. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I miss going outside. <laughs> yeah, the times that I've done, I, don't, I always do feel a need to to like go outside while I'm high. <laughs> and just in general, going outside is nice when you're not high. Mm -hmm. That's why it sucks tripping in the winter, because my body temperature doesn't know that it's cold, but it feels hot, so I'll go out without a coat and... Yeah. I don't do you get like weird hot temperature? I get like weird hot flashes and like cold sweats and stuff sometimes. Um, it's like always my nose. I do get kind of cold, not like extremely. It's not anything that I think much about, I guess. Usually I'm more concerned with like, I don't know, if I'm alive um at all. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you had any uh interesting insights about your life or anything while on drugs um i guess like with the whole thinking about trauma and stuff it like made me think more about how situations i've encountered were fucked up and it wasn't something that i should have overlooked because there's a lot of stuff that like 
growing up i was just like oh that's fine that's just like yeah. how it is but then like when i'm on acid and i like like i have no choice but to sit there and think about it i'm just like wow i should not have just like stood back and let that happen or at least like not allowed it to be normalized because yeah a lot of stuff or just like even like growing up there are things that you might miss in like the nurture stage that like just isn't there for the rest of your life and like i don't know think about just how to fix that and like be better and not even if something is missing still like feel fulfilled or whatever and I'm just always like really trying to focus on like emotional growth and maturity these days because it wasn't as important to me when I was younger because I was just like focused on trying to find a purpose but can't really find a purpose if I'm unhappy yeah yeah, I guess this comes up a lot, but yeah, it's like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you got to mm-hmm. focus on your physiological needs like shelter and food and water before you can focus on your uh, like emotional needs. And you got to deal with your emotional needs before you can focus on like your self-actualization, like purpose, meaning needs. Mm-hmm. Not sure what stage I'm at. Either. Although, I, uh, do you know about like attachment styles and stuff? Like, do you know what you are? I don't think so. No. Mm. Give me an education. I don't have a lot of education. I just, like, know what the, f- the three are. There's maybe four, but I don't know what that one is. Um, So it's, like, secure, anxious, and avoidant. And according to the research, I am, like, moderate in attachment avoidance. So, like, I don't have a problem, like, opening up to you and stuff, but I have a problem, like, navigating where my emotions are and stuff. So, like... I don't know. It didn't really make sense to me at the time because I'm in like this weird place because I used to be like in falling in the category of like codependency for a really long time. So like my sense of self was whoever I was with at the time. But now and like I just kind of was afraid to be my own person and like voice my own opinions and stuff. And I was fine just like falling into the background. But now I'm like fine proclaiming that I'm going to be selfish for me. And I don't know, just like saying what i need to say and not feel bad about it i guess because like i always would say things and just feel guilty because it would hurt them but also like they needed to hear it i don't know just a lot of like inward thinking i've been doing this year because that's really all i have to do that's good yeah i don't know what i would be probably somewhat avoidant at least yeah avoidant has a lot to do with like avoiding your emotions and avoiding like people and just yeah. like your closeness with like in your relationships and stuff so you feel uncomfortable yeah. opening up and yeah <laughs> letting people know the real way to... yeah yeah i can i get that a lot yeah. like yeah i i guess i don't have a problem like talking to people it's not like i'm so like anxious about social interaction that i keep to myself or anything but i feel like yeah i don't really make like emotional connections with people oh sure just yeah. more like surface level well, I, don't know if, I don't know if surface levels right still like like i don't know how to put it i just it makes it's something that i feel like there is a amount of uncomfort that i feel like expressing my emotions to people i guess oh sure no i feel that yeah i'm just kind of a wet noodle of emotions now because i <laughs> u- when i was younger i used to just be like a vault of like don't show anything and yeah. now it's like i feel like i reached a point where like 
I there I couldn't hold all that, so now it's just kind of like seeping out everywhere. So like, even if I'm just like I'm doing pretty good right now because I saw I thought I would cry by now because I'm a big baby. I just I can't have like during this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I like I can't have normal conversations sometimes because I just oh, okay. start crying. Like my mom used to be like that, so maybe I learned it from watching her. But like, I don't know. It's just like a weird turn. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I'm really bad at is like dealing with like other people's expression expression of like emotion oh sure like, yeah it makes people uncomfortable when yeah they're talking about yeah no that makes sense that is one thing that i think think is uh improved or like i'm more i don't know, in touch with if i do like psychedelics or something letting people know how i, how I feel about them oh yeah oh yeah but, even if you can't <laughs> form words you're pretty good at being like hey i need this yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I want to get to the point where I'm secure and not like worry about things, but that's like hopefully farther down the line. But apparently, that's like you have no worries about anything whatsoever and you feel confident and 100% mm. in yourself, which seems like ignorant bliss to me. But like, hey, if, if that's <laughs> if that's on a category, I'll take it. Yeah. I, I feel that way in some dimensions of like a, a security of yeah. like self, not in others. I don't know. I feel like I've been really on the like self-improvement track, trying to always like form productive habits and like make sure I'm like learning and like increasing mm-hmm. something like within myself every day. But I think probably one area that I've not done enough on is like that emotional intelligence side of things. Oh yeah. That's like all I'm really good at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the rest of it not so much. Yeah, it's it was a weird I was reading about it and it goes from like low, moderate and high. So you could like fall into any three categories of the other three categories. Yeah. Okay. So I'm moderate. So I'm like right in the middle. So I am not afraid of showing emotion, but I'm also not, I don't even remember what the high one was, but I think it was just avoiding people in general. So like I'm in the middle of being fine, but then anxious was like, you're afraid of the world around you and afraid of, everything and you're just anxious about so like you just be a worry wart about yeah. like where everyone was or what everyone was doing or if like the people around you even cared about you kind of thing so yeah. you just be worried about everything all the time which not really like sometimes yeah, i get either. in that way but not too often that was secure avoidant and anxious mm-hmm. oh, okay and then you would get that um, low, moderate, high score on just one of them, and that's what you are. Or is there a score you get on each aspect? Is it just like you are moderate? It gives you avoidant? a cat. Like it says, you are avoidant, and then it okay. tells you whether you are low, okay, moderate, so or high. Gotcha. Yeah. So I don't know, but I don't know how accurate it is because it could be like those tests that are like the ENFP or yeah, INFP, where tests. like yeah, so you could take it ten different times, you get ten different yeah. results. So yeah. people like to talk about their results from those tests, and it's somewhat interesting, but mostly mm-hmm. I'm skeptical. Yeah, I feel like I think of those the same way. I think of like astrology. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. I think Myers Briggs is an improvement because at least there is some input. You yeah. have to take a quiz. Yeah, Astro- that's true. astrology is just like <laughs> you're born in July. That's all you get. Right. But still, yeah, it's, it's like an asshole because you're a Gemini. But no, you're just an asshole. <laughs> I just I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Th- those types of things when people are really into them and take them seriously, that that bothers me. Yeah. However, um, I don't know if it'll end up being legitimate overall, but I think right now, psychologists take seriously um, the Big Five personality test. 
I remember hearing oh, I took psychology in high school, but I yeah. don't really remember. It's uh, the acronym is OCEAN, and it's um openness is one dimension, and then there's a the flip side of that, which is like you know, non-openness. It's openness to experience, or like closed off. You don't want to like closed-minded, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the C is uh, conscientious, or not conscientious. Uh, e is extroverted or introverted. A is agreeable or disagreeable, and N is neurotic or um, I guess the opposite of that would be like emotionally stable. And then you take the tests and rather than having like the 16 categories of Myers-Briggs, and I know Myers-Briggs can be more complicated than, than that, but mm-hmm. what what Big Five does is it just gives you like a score of 0 to 100 on each of these things. Okay. So I don't know if you're a really agreeable person, you might have like a 70 score on agreeableness. If you're really disagreeable, you'd have like a 10 score in agreeableness or something. So then, like, I guess psychologists use those dimensions to give rough estimates of how you would react or situations and, and like, how you'll do in uh, jobs and success. Like, people who are really disagreeable are more likely to get promoted into managerial positions hmm. than people who are agreeable. Do they use that frequently? Because when I was, when I first started doing therapy, I had to take, like, a, I compared it to, like, a big test because it was, like, three days worth of me doing the whole what do you see on the cards and like fill out the paperwork of like like if i hear this word i think of this or like it was i don't know just weird things and then they wrote a report on my brain and how it would turn out now i still have it and it's really scary it's terrifying (laughs) how accurate it is and i was like eight when she wrote it and she called me out and knew what i would be like now and she was right and it's just like how does she know? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I wasn't formed enough to like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just crazy to me. I don't know. I think a lot of the times um, humans are more predictable than we think we are. Oh, yeah, possibly. I don't know. Like, there's a certain amount of individualism that's true. Like, you're a unique person. But at the same time, like, if you look at the general structure of your brain, you could probably oh, sure. give a good estimate of how you'll turn on life. Oh, definitely. Humans yeah. have the same kind of habits and patterns. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, for the big five, I think I'm kind of disagreeable, but not super far in that direction. I'm a little bit more extroverted than introverted. I am uh, more open to experience than not. I am not neurotic. I can get neurotic when I'm on acid, but I'm not neurotic. And then uh, conscientiousness. I think I am not. I think I'm more on the negative side of not being conscientious. I would agree with all those, except I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert yeah. and neurotic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Because um, wouldn't that, I don't know, I guess neurotic could be both the anxious or avoidant, but I would think of neurotic more often as anxious. Like, At least from the people I know in my life that, that seem very neurotic is they're very worried about what other people think and always... Um, I guess that's true. I don't really feel that way anymore. I did when I was younger, but not so much anymore. Oh, okay. Now I don't really give a shit. Oh, okay. Get what you so get. you've gotten more to the yeah not neurotic side of things over time yeah so yeah i should take that test if you want might be somewhat interesting slightly yeah. more uh, valid than myers-briggs yeah <laughs> i don't know how valid but oh yeah and uh, i think also conscientiousness is um i don't know how much this matters but i think it's slightly related to conservatism mm. and non- not very yeah and openness to experience is related to uh liberalism i think Interesting. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for like two hours and 
20 minutes or so. Oh, wow. Which okay. I think is a sizable chunk of time. Yeah. I guess before we end it, I will ask you of uh, any sort of recommendation that you think the listener should do, such as maybe listen to a certain music or, I know we already talked about those podcasts, the mythology ones, the serial killer ones, mm-hmm. but I don't know, any sort of thing that you think is worthwhile to do or read a book or yeah. maybe a movie or mm-hmm. anything like that. I guess there's a show that I would recommend um, that I'm obsessed with. It's called Lovecraft Country. Oh, yeah. It's on HBO. It's so good. It's really good. um, And it's very needed for the times that we're in right now. Is that like taking Lovecraft ideas, but in in like a modern environment? Um, It's set in the 60s, I believe. So it has, it's racially charged more so. And then it just has like a a sprinkle of magic and monsters and stuff. Okay. But um, I don't want to spoil anything. But it's yeah. it's just really good. Um, HBO has not disappointed me in some of the shows beside Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I'm just really obsessed with that, and that's all I got, I guess. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, I'll probably have to check that one out. I don't have HBO, but I'll do. Uh, probably gotta watch some shows on there. Like I saw Westworld season one, and I've been mm. meaning to watch further seasons. And I know there's a few other shows on there. Like I think. The flight attendant. Mm. I think that's on HBO. Raised by Wolves is pretty good. Um, okay. It's like about AI and stuff. So I have to check out Lovecraft Country as well. Mm-hmm. Although these days I don't have uh, all that much time for watching television shows because I'm decided to go to school. What are you going to school for? Uh, it's right now I'm getting an associate of science degree. Mm-hmm. And then okay, so I'm I'm conflicted between what to do after that. I've originally been, been thinking of going into physics because I like to learn about how the world works. Mm-hmm. But I also really think about going into psychology because I like to learn about how the mind works. Oh. Don't know. Let me know what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think if I were to do psychology, I would prefer to do like experimental psychology rather than clinical psychology. Oh, sure. I would rather like discover things about humans as a whole uh, rather than tell oh, sure. specific people what's wrong with them or what's right with them oh sure yeah i feel there's so much more that's left to discover about the human brain that we haven't even touched on yet because we're still finding things out every day yep well thanks for being on this episode thanks for having me and thank you listener for listening if you enjoy listening then it'd be very helpful if you could support this podcast in any manner uh anyway have a great day <laughs>